1: 1110 and 99.3 WBT. This is Good Morning BT with Bo Thompson and Beth Troutman.
2: First things first, I'm going to say all the words inside my head. I'm fired up and tired of the way that things have been. From a young age, taking my soak into the masses, writing my poems for the few that look at me, took to me, shook at me, feeling me, singing from heartache, from the pain, taking my message.
3: That long runway
4: on this one. <laughs> speaking
2: my lesson, from the brain, Mom's speaking, <laughs> oh no, here wrong song. it is. <laughs>
5: <laughs> you thought we were gonna step on the hook. I knew you wouldn't. You, you boys
4: are professionals. I'm just glad that we've gotten you. Where you're expecting the hook to come.
5: I know, I'm shushing you guys now. Hush! The hook is coming!
4: <laughs> I feel like
6: um. <laughs> all I know about the voices, they sit with their backs to everybody, and they hit the button, their t- chairs turn around. I feel like, get to the hook, we turn the chair around, and we can talk now. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh my gosh, we need
5: to start doing that. <laughs> sit with our backs to each other. Yes. the I love this song. I'd forgotten about this song until my brain reminded me of it this morning. Which of the bands is this? This is Imagine Dragons. Imagine Dragons. And I 100% <laughs> believe that this song was planted into my brain by Bo Thompson yesterday. Yes, I remember doing it. <laughs> <laughs> Not that he was talking about Imagine Dragons, but it was just a whole you know conversation that we had on the phone yesterday just about life. Oh, it's coming again. Here it is. Ah, boogers. <laughs> these random <laughs> clips of me saying things that exist now but people don't know when you're live
4: or on tape <laughs> so what what kind of dance goes on when this is the song you wake up to <laughs> it's
5: kind of like a rain dance
4: yeah you know, I mean like, does, does, does craig sleep through this one oh
6: always yeah, you
5: yeah. know it's just kind of uh i don't know
6: birdie die i still recovering from all boogers <laughs>
5: Yeah, I don't know. It's a lot of uh, a lot of a lot of high knees. I guess it looks more like I should high say, knees. say. Yeah, like, do y'all you y'all, y'all don't go to like y'all, dudes don't do a lot of fitness classes, right? Y'all just like work out on your own. So at the beginning of fitness classes, when you're doing when you're stretching or you're doing like your warm up, you do like high knees. You know what I'm talking about? High knees where you run in place. Come on.
4: Well, I don't I don't do anything with other people outside of the show. <laughs> He I'm does told, his
6: high knee solo. I'll have you done? Know. <laughs> I
4: told you I can't. That's a that's a thing I have tried to do, but I can't. I can't exercise with other people. Like I can't. Like I have friends who who really don't like to run without a buddy, um, and I I can't do that. Like if I have to talk to somebody, like occasionally, and you you guys know this because every once in a while you'll call me and I'll be running. Yeah, um, and, yeah. and, and I'll say like I'm running if that's okay, you know, because it's
5: well. It's, I always feel guilty. I'm like, you know what? Call me back, dude, when you stop. <laughs> I I can't I can't talk and run. Yeah, at the she same doesn't time. even
6: take a message while she's in her car ever. But <laughs> you,
4: you stop running to take
6: <laughs>
5: well phone I, but, calls.
4: I, but I can't do the thing where where like uh, like I like to run with music, uh, and I really hate to run without it. Like I don't like the, to me. There's nothing worse than running and just the sound of your feet hitting the pavement. Oh, because to I can't me, do it. it makes no. it harder. Can't do it. But then by the same token, I don't. I can't have a conversation with somebody and run at the same time i hate doing that
5: well i can't i never i mean i ran track i could never run like warm up with somebody and have a conversation so I, that's why i can't when you, whenever you're running and you talk to me i'm shocked well, but
4: well i answer if i if i feel like there's something pressing and i don't want to wait like yeah, i don't yeah, i want to yeah. make you wait but then i always say hey look i'm running if you want rather i call you back later if, or if you can put up with this then here i
6: am and
5: since i know you like music i just sing all of the things <laughs> that i need to tell you <laughs>
6: She's not living in a show. <laughs> I need, I need, She's living I need in you, a Broadway musical. I need you to lay down a beat, Beth. Yeah. I've got a topic for tomorrow.
5: No, see, <laughs> I love I because I love workout classes. I have to work out with other people because I need the like the other people pushing me or challenging me, and there's there's this one workout buddy that I have at Rockbox. Her name is Tara, and whenever that whatever music is on, she sings it while she's hitting the bags, and I love it. I love working out beside her. She makes me smile every time that I work out beside her. She's just fun.
6: Yeah, that'd be a no for me.
5: Oh, see, I'm totally into it.
6: I'll walk into our Y, and um, I'll decide right I'm gonna do when I get there based on. How many people are using the weight area versus the treadmills or the ellipticals? <laughs> because I will, I will choose the thing that is the, the least populated.
5: Oh, see, I love the I <laughs> love the energy. Well,
6: am, it's not that, but it's also, I don't like waiting. Like people
4: sit on their cell phones with the weights yeah. and all that. You know, on the I bench. have a, I have a buddy named Brad. You all have never met Brad, but you probably will. You at have some two point. friends?
7: Yeah, I have two. <laughs> he goes to another school. You wouldn't <laughs> uh, know him.
4: But but he and I can't work out together. And this is, this goes way back to my early days, uh, just graduating from is college. A spot for you. And I, he
5: actually talks. Well, no,
4: not only does he talk. <laughs> so we we uh, we used to have a Y membership, and we would go and work out. This oh, at, so
5: he was at your at workout night. buddy.
4: He was, but the thing, and he knows this, and I I, I don't know if he's listening, but if he heard this, he's going to drive off the road because, hey Brad. because Brad, <laughs> Brad not only likes to talk to me, Brad will talk to anyone. And like he will be, you know, at the Y, you have like six treadmills in a row and Brad will be on the treadmill and Brad will look at the person next to him and he won't know him from Adam and he'll say, hey, how are you? how's your day been? (laughs) And I'll be like, Brad, stop. They don't want to talk to you. They want to work out. He's like, and he, and he'll keep on going and he'll, and and he'll, he's kind of like you in that way that he can sort of, he can, he can can defuse anybody.
5: Oh, okay. No, I was like the annoying person on the treadmill.
4: No, but he can, he just breaks uh, into high knees out of nowhere. He can talk to, he can talk to anybody. You know, I
5: was getting ready to say, it sounds like Brad and I need to work out together.
4: It would be like the day you met Boomer. It's like, you know, the irresistible force makes the immovable object It's like. Like, this is going to be like. How is this going to work? He'd be the same way. So.
5: See, I love the. Um, I lo- that's why I do like cardio funk classes. It's why I do kickboxing classes because I love.
4: Oh Thompson at cardio
8: funk.
5: <laughs> <laughs> so, do you know what's funny? This is like the weirdest thing that lives in my brain. <laughs> high knees. High knees. Kick them. <laughs> now, butt kicks. <laughs> butt kicks. <laughs> butt kicks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, butt kicks are right after high knees.
4: This is what I think of when I think of you in the rock box class.
2: Don't you feel like a pony? Don't you feel like a pony when you sweat? Oh,
1: yeah. (laughs) Is that not it?
2: That's
5: almost exactly it. (laughs) See? Especially if I'm teaching the class. Can you imagine? Oh, wait.
6: I kind of want to go when Beth is teaching, though. I'm a pony. I'm a pony. (laughs) You're a sweaty pony.
4: I also work on the radio. I'm doing production right now. I can't do this. I've got the pony sweats. I just, I just realized you need to meet Brad.
2: I feel
5: like I, I, feel like what we should all do in order to make me, make me meet Brad, or to let me meet Brad, is all of us should do a Saturday morning cardio funk class, and Brad can come dance by me. You guys can stand in the back and dance in the corner
4: together. <laughs> it's like a middle school dance. <laughs> but if you meet Brad, I have to record it. Okay. I, I, have to record it. You all understand me? I'm getting a little love uh, inside here, but it's as.
5: Yeah, I kind of, I kind of love, and I'm secretly um, concerned that you uh, really like your friend Brad, but you can't be with him. <laughs> so I'm wondering, when's the day that you call because me he's, and because say,
4: he's too much like you? Boy, that <laughs> was the reason he couldn't be with he
6: him. Could
5: be with him anymore.
4: <laughs> that was an interesting, interesting sentence. If you just walked into the room, <laughs> I can't be with him. <laughs> I just can't be with you, Brad. I Can't, Brad. <laughs> Sorry, I'm married and well. I'm married and well somewhere in Charlotte my friend Brad's going to hear about this conversation today and I have no idea quit talking Bo Yes, I hate you News Talk 1110 WBT Bo and Beth and the Zoke and Bernie it has been 30 years since this ate up this much of your income anybody want to guess what I'm talking about
5: it's not fair for me to guess because I know the answer. So is, boys, it's up to you.
4: Is it true
6: for you? Don't go with the news quiz.
5: Well, yeah, I think it's one hundred. <laughs> I think it's I, yes, it's one hundred percent true because I was alive thirty years ago.
4: <laughs> yes, you were. I all was also were. alive 30 years ago. <laughs> we all
5: were. How was your, in- <laughs> how was your
4: income? Yeah.
6: Was we're confirming we were all here 30 years ago. I all was of us are 17 and
5: making very little money as a waitress. But I ate for free because I was working at a restaurant.
4: It's been 30 years since food Ate up this much of people's average income. In 1991, if you crunch the numbers, in 1991, uh, food accounted for 11.4% of people's disposable income. And uh, here in 2024, 2023, 2024, we're as close to that as we've been since. It's right around 11.3, 11.2. But, uh, you know, we've talked about inflation. We've talked about how much uh, things cost at the store. I mean, I we'd about a what six months ago, we did, we did that day where I said I'm tired of paying ten bucks for a, a twelve pack of uh, of drinks. Oh yeah, and, and now and now I'm spending sometimes 12, 12 bucks for twelve drinks. So like a, a a dollar a can of soda now.
0: I
5: went to the grocery store yesterday because you, you guys know this. I've had sour stomach for the last like three days, and so I haven't been wanting to eat any food. It, does that make sense? Sour stomach. That term? to mm-hmm. y'all. Yeah, okay. Um, it, have, it,
6: my it's, mom would say, "Have some ginger ale."
5: Yes, yeah. yes, and, and
6: some saltines.
5: Well, okay. So I went to the store to buy saltines. I didn't buy ginger ale because like Beau said it's like $10 for two of them. Um But I just went to buy some bread because all I wanted was like buttered toast, you know, like buttered toast with a little salt on it. Mm -hmm. I thought something like that would feel okay in my tummy. And I didn't buy hardly anything. And it was $18. Mm -hmm. And I walked out with my little one bag of groceries that I could have carried with my pinky without struggling. And I was thinking, what did I spend this much money on? I got a pack of gum. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I did. I got a pack of gum, some bread, some bread. And some saltine crackers, and I got out for almost twenty dollars. I was thinking, what in the world happened?
4: Well, I I mentioned this when we talked about this last year, and it's really it's coming to fruition. Uh, we've now been sort of normalized to accept these base prices that, that that used to be outlandish, and now like the the drinks are on sale for ten dollars. Yes. but the regular price is pushed up a nudge to like eleven or twelve.
5: But you know, when Harris Teeter. When they have – and this is very rare, but sometimes you go down that drink aisle and they have a buy two, get three free. Yeah, that's – see – coffee bags sometimes. That is – you feel like you have hit the jackpot. I did that with Bubbly a couple of weeks ago because I love carbonated water drinks. I, did you have a cart or did you just carry them? Well, I didn't I didn't have a cart <laughs> I, to begin boxes. with, but that's the <laughs> thing. I didn't have a cart. I went back to get the cart just I've, so
4: that I could do it. I've done the same thing, but I've also been in the situation where I didn't have time to go get another cart and I didn't want to take that much stuff because that changes from uh, either you have the basket or even just you know you carry it to I've got to go get a full-fledged cart and push that oh. thing to my car and it knocks you out of the express lane <laughs> yeah well based on your own ruling
5: based on your own rules
4: you can't <laughs> now, now I gotta go through the regular
6: checkout
5: no. I
4: gotta talk to people it makes me if I take the big old full cart into express lane then I become the guy that I don't want to That's encounter
5: you have to change
4: your whole day but you tapped into something important there which is uh they they get you mentally because every third or fourth week they do the thing, okay, buy one, get four free, right? right? So that makes it sort of, they they, they sort of rationalize it for you. Okay, we're going to give you that deal and you know that's hanging out there and it's going to come back. But then when it's not there, you're supposed to be conditioned to think that this is the norm, that it's supposed to be 10 plus bucks. Mm -hmm. And I said this last year and here we are. And um, so 11.4% of your and what disposable income? It's not disposable income. It's income like you have to eat, right? So it's not like discretionary. You got to buy food,
5: right? That's what annoys me. Is I feel, I this is this is my theory, I, and it is strictly my theory. I don't know that it exists in truth, but I think that the whole COVID situation that happened, which by the way, guys, it has been almost four years now, which my brain can't wrap itself around. But I think when the supply chain and everything those conversations started happening, and prices went up, but people still paid them. When the supply chain got fixed up, all the companies were like, "Ha ha ha!" They're already paying for it, and they're gonna <laughs> still pay for it. And
6: they think and it's they, normal. And they
5: think it's normal. And, and they s-
6: laugh just like that. And they do.
5: I feel like they're sitting in a boardroom. In going, <laughs> <know>, "Ha ha!" <laughs> I know. Ha. And their profits are bigger than they've ever been. And you know, meanwhile, I'm spending more money than I ever had. On toast, but the
6: jokes on them because when they go to the store, they get the same prices.
5: Well, that's true, but their salaries went up. Oh, so ah, you're
4: right. They're fine. I know what that voice was. The laugh. <laughs>
5: what is that? It's
4: the Fat Albert laugh. <laughs> hey, hey, hey! That's what that was. Now, listen. Uh, there's an extension to this because I talked about uh, the 11.4 percent, which is that was 1991. We're right there. Uh, close to it as far as what people are spending on food Mm -hmm. from their regular budget now uh, there's another this extends to your behavior in restaurants and there are a couple of of things that are happening in restaurants now uh, that i think stem from this that we got to talk about as well but we got to break up for the news here but hang on because this is actually the most interesting part of this conversation to me
5: i can't wait to find out if people are doing this because i think i would i think i would you would or you have I, I have. You thought think about, about this. it? I... You thought about it? Oh, I've definitely thought about it. Well,
4: and when we tell you what it is, I have a feeling some of you listening have done it. It's robbing a bank. Uh, it
6: is no. not. Oh. You know
5: what? I've never thought of that. <laughs> nice. I've never actually <laughs> thought of that. If
6: she did
9: that, do that, she would go,
5: ah, 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 Rob the bank.
9: No, she would write a really polite note. I'm going to hug you and then I want your money.
0: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you.
4: So we were talking about the amount of money that people are spending out of their discretionary budget on food, which I think is, the terminology there is kind of weird because... You know, food to me is not like like to a degree. I guess when you start talking about what you buy and, and how much of that food you buy, but they're talking about at least almost 11% of uh, your discretionary budget spent on food. Now, that's the most since 1991.
5: Yeah, it's not like you're just going out and frivolously buying diamonds. I mean, right. you're buying things that keep you alive. It's <laughs> You have to eat food.
6: So I have a question. When they say food, do they mean grocery shopping only, or does that include like if you... Doordash and restaurants. And.
4: Well, I think that's where it's kind of a gray area because there's the food you need for sustenance. I mean, we could all go to the store and buy uh, the generic brand of every single thing and spend the least amount possible.
5: Which is what I do now, by the way, guys. <laughs> I look for all those generic brands. You know what? Taste the value. This is a <laughs> <laughs> this is a side. This is a, a little side rabbit hole uh, to the story that we're getting to. But yeah, I, this is like in Dig Dug when he goes to the side. This is when I'm going to the. Side. <laughs> I got a coin. <laughs> when did, if you have been ill in the, because this is the season of colds, right? The season of cold flu. So this is the time of year where you need NyQuil, you need DayQuil, you need some cold medicine. I went to buy the gel caps. The NyQuil brand, has anybody else? When did NyQuil become twenty five ninety
7: nine? Oh is it? I had to buy Mucinex the other week and it was like thirty dollars.
5: I was shocked. It's crazy. But right next to it was like the Harris Teeter brand of it, and it was eleven ninety nine, which is what I feel like NyQuil used to be—the regular NyQuil. So of course I bought the generic brand of it because I knew that I was still going to get my cold medicine. But mm-hmm. it was not for me; it was actually for my husband. But still, side note: When did these things double and triple in price? Done.
4: No, and, and, I'm glad you said it because I'm going to read. This is a Wall Street Journal story. I'm going to read you because this is what it really comes down to. Uh, you know, you have to buy uh, you have to budget for sustenance. Right. Uh-huh. But now uh, food is so expensive that 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 there, uh, that that runover is now encroaching on what used to be you know, discretionary funds. Yes. So it says uh, U.S. consumers spent 11.4% of their disposable personal income on food in 1991. Uh, at the time, households were still dealing with steep food price increases from the inflationary period during the 70s. More than three decades later, food spending has reattained that level, according to the USDA. In 2022, 113 of disposable incomes spent on food. And, and so you're getting into that area area where some of these things that you used to buy for x amount uh, Mm -hmm. are now normalized to this even greater amount and so it's 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 now taken over funds you used to uh you know apply to other things the good news is college is now free
5: (laughs) (laughs) well now we're spending so much more for so much less you get. I mean, you you spend. Well, yeah, that you was get like an so-
4: involuntary laugh for me. As I know. I, have, I have one
6: in college and one on the way, so <laughs> there's there's no loans. They're just free. Everybody goes to college, for, but the food's expensive. I should
5: have taken out a loan. <laughs> the
4: cafeteria will get you there. But I said before the break, we're building towards something else because yes. this all sort of this all feeds into behaviors, and uh, so it's what you're spending on food at home. It's also what you're spending or not spending when you go out.
5: Listen to this. This is from the Daily Dot. The the headline. I know the da- the Daily Dot. The big as opposed to the weekly or monthly dot <laughs> <laughs> or
7: dash. <laughs> I think they were just looking or, for alliteration there. or yeah, semicolon. You're probably, you're probably right.
5: <laughs> I think so. Ber-
6: thank you, Bernie Bowles. <laughs> No problem, Jim Jokey. <laughs> That's Zim Jokey, I'll have you know. Oh, yeah, that, that would work better.
5: <laughs> the headline is No Shame, Baby. We're Poor and Proud. Viewers defend diners who left restaurants once they saw the menu prices. Everyone has had an experience where they've been surprised by their restaurant bill, but now the latest trend online is to showcase that you are sitting down seeing the prices, and leaving before ever ordering a thing. Like intentionally planning it? Not planning oh, okay. to go in, but actually then posting about going into a restaurant and then refusing to order and eat we've done because it. you see how expensive okay, we've done things it. are.
4: But wait a minute. Are, are they Are they ordering and the food arrives and then you leave? Or are you leaving before the food arrives?
5: They're leaving just when they sit down. They're handed their menu. Okay. They look at the menu, see the prices, and refuse to even continue the process.
4: So you're not stealing, but you're making, uh, you're making a public event out of the menu being too expensive yes
5: and you're saying we are proud of it we're posting this on tiktok we're posting this online and we're saying hey this establishment is way too expensive for my wallet and i'm leaving and i am not ashamed of getting up and walking out having not ordered a thing well
7: i will always check a menu before i go to a restaurant if i'm not sure about what the price is going to be like if it's a a charlotte restaurant that i've never been to before yeah i'll look up the menu before i go just to see if it's anything i would even like and then I'll look at the prices. And if it's too pricey, I won't even go. You won't even like, go. It, it's, See? It's,
1: yeah.
5: Like, I feel like that's a smarter way to do yeah. it. So you're not like sh- making the big... I'm, sure, it,
6: you could handle it like that, too. <laughs> you know, like, a, like a mature person. <laughs> but how's, how's your TikTok on that one? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, how many followers? Oh, here's looking at my I'm, phone. I'll make a TikTok. How, how many, many
5: followers do you have? <laughs> so I'm not ashamed to say that I do go online. When I'm going to a new restaurant, I do go online and look at the menu beforehand so that I know... A, I like to get excited about what I'm going to eat, but so that I know what I. She might- narrows
6: it down to six things before she goes.
5: <laughs> she walks through the door. I'm here.
9: I know exactly what I want.
5: I want to know what I want to order, just in case I sit down and I start being chatty. I don't want to be rude to the server and make them continue coming back to the the table a hundred times. And if I'm chatting, like you did with,
6: to me at Daryl's that one time, like I did to you yep. at Daryl's when I was nine years old. Yep.
5: And I, I oh don't- my
6: birthday party. <laughs>
5: Just want, <laughs> I just want to know what I'm going to order so I can sit down and have my conversation and be like, I'd like the roast chicken, please. And I will also, also, and I'm not ashamed to say this either, I will also look at the things that are on the menu, and I will pick something that is of a reasonable price, but that also makes my taste buds excited. And then I know what I'm going to order. I plan. I plan ahead.
6: A lot of stages to your dining experience. Yeah, <laughs> well, She probably doesn't like the little yogurt places. Can I have a sample of this roasted chicken to see if I want this? <laughs> But
4: this is this is strictly like you're not you're not stealing from the restaurant. No, like, yeah, because I thought maybe at the beginning you were saying that uh, you would sit down and you would order the food and it would be delivered and then you would you would leave once it got there to make. But see that that would be you know that's that that. That means they're out that food because they can't serve it to somebody else.
5: Right. No, this is a different thing. But there is a related story from a woman that we can get to who had her whole entire dining experience and was willing to pay, but it came down to the service. So I can tell you about that one, too.
4: News talk, 1110 WBT, a few minutes before seven o'clock. We've been talking about how much you're paying for things. In 2024 versus not too long ago, actually, Uh, more or should I say the most discretionary funds going to food since 1991. We were talking also about how there's this new trend where people will go to restaurants. They'll look at the menu. They'll get sticker shock they'll post it on social media that they're not going to pay that and leave.
5: Mm, And the the first person to create this trend has already amassed a million views of the moment that they decided, hey, this is too expensive. I'm going to forego the grin and bearing it of uh, buying the pricey food. And instead, I'm going to have that awkward moment of saying, thank you, thank you very much, and just walking out before ordering a thing. But here's another layer to this entire thing. We've talked before about tipping and about the fact, have you ever not tipped because you got bad service? Well, listen to this story. And I want to know... I don't know. I want to know how people calm down on this. A woman sparks major dine and dash debate after being forced to wait for ages for her bill. A woman has sparked this debate after questioning whether it's acceptable to dine and dash after she waited a whopping hour and a half. For her bill. She had already eaten, she had already enjoyed the meal, and she was waiting. TikToker, her name is Lauren Petrosian. She was at an unnamed restaurant, she didn't want to name it, with her friend, and they claimed that they had been waiting and waiting and waiting for the bill before then turning on their camera and showing that the place was mostly empty. And she asked the question, when is the appropriate time to dine and dash? Because we've been waiting. She said 45 minutes. So that's that goes against the whopping hour and a half of the mm-hmm. headline. So it would be more a half an hour? That's dumb because you, no. you could literally flag down. <laughs> more, let me do that math again. 45 minutes.
6: <laughs> you could flag down literally any other employee and say, hey, can you help us out? Because obviously server forgot or whatever. And there's some restaurants, you've been to Europe enough. In Europe, they don't bring a bill until you ask for a bill because they think you want to hang out. Right, so there's a lot of places that won't just automatically bring you a bill because they don't want you to feel like you're being forced out of the restaurant.
5: Right, because it's customary to spend three hours in a restaurant yeah. if you're at a, a diner in Paris. I
6: will just get the next employee that walks by. Hey, could you get our mm-hmm. server or somebody?
5: Or it's not
6: hard to resolve, is what I'm saying.
5: The other option is, I mean, if you have cash, because I've been in situations, especially if you're in a rush and you can't get somebody's attention, you know, leave cash that's enough for the tip and just you know walk out with the the cash and the. In hand, uh, on the table.
7: I'm willing to bet that before long they'll have something on the table that is like a QR code where you can log in and pay for your meal on your phone.
5: But what happens? For the people who are you know the Luddites, the people who don't want to scan that QR code because they don't want that restaurant to have all of their the then Luddites. they'll
7: then they'll pay for uh, they'll pay regular like regular people. I think that they'll try to start implementing something like that to the, make it.
5: That'll be the same places with the robot servers exactly.
4: Well, I was in a restaurant uh, about uh, a year ago, a new restaurant in my area that I went to, and and I, I told this story on the air not because of this, but I, I just said I went to a new restaurant and there was hardly anybody there. There was one person working. And our food, I mean, I, it, it took us maybe 45 minutes to get our food. And then when the food came out, it was wrong. And so we had to correct that and it took another 45 minutes to get that corrected food. And then what I didn't get to, but this pertains to this was, then we wanted to pay. And there was not only was there a waiter, there was nobody at the desk. So there was nothing to. Do. So I I had a moment where I almost was like, what am I supposed to do? I want to pay you, but you won't come get the, f-, you know. And and then finally the guy came. But I did have a thought there. Uh, the service was so bad, and I'm thinking I'm trying to pay you, and you won't you won't come out of the kitchen. I can't do. I'm not supposed to come in the kitchen and say, hey, here's a here's a fiver.
5: Well, that's the so that begs the question, like. How much more would it have taken for you to actually walk out? Because I know that you are—you're like I am. Like your conscience will eat at you. I know that my conscience would eat at me if I did it. But what's enough to drive you? And I want to know from people out there: Have you done this? If it's been too long, have you just been like, "I'm sorry, you guys won't take my money"? You I think won't come I would have had home. to go
4: and knock on the kitchen, which would have been really weird. But I—I I, I don't carry cash hardly yeah. ever. Yeah, I so I—I I I mean, my my first thought if I had cash would be to what you just said: leave enough on the table and the tip which they didn't deserve but right, <laughs> leave right. enough on the table to cover that and and go but I didn't have cash that day so I wouldn't have been able to do that so my only other option would have been if he if he finally you know still stayed in the kitchen I would have to go in the kitchen I guess
5: Yeah, I mean, well, I I waited at a at a breakfast style restaurant once forever to never ever get service. I didn't want to name the restaurant. It was a Denny's.
4: You you mean a restaurant that serves breakfast?
6: (laughs) Well, that was your first mistake going to Denny's. No, that was beautiful though. I don't want to name the restaurant. It was Denny's.
5: The server never came, so I went and just grabbed the it coffee with pot. Lenny's. <laughs> I went and grabbed the coffee pot and served the table that I was at, and then I realized that nobody else was getting served, so I served the rest of the restaurant. And I took like the orders, and I went to the kitchen, and I stuck it up on the thing, and then I got offered a job.
9: <laughs> wait, are you serious? What, this is wait, how she what, goes wait, through life. One
5: hundred
4: percent. That you just did a whole hour and yeah. like thirty. You you became the server I,
5: nobody was waiting on anybody so i went back i saw where all the cups and the coffee and everything was so i was like well i can do this and so i, I was doing it just for my table but then everybody else i think <laughs> thought i was the waitress so i just helped them too. To
7: be the change you want to see in the world that exactly
5: was it. i was right following there. gandhi did you
6: call everyone hun <laughs>
5: yes <laughs> of course i did
6: uh, what were your tips
5: <laughs> i got some cash <laughs> i didn't know how to work their register though so <laughs>
4: make, make that change make that change
0: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you.
1: From News Talk 1110 and 99.3, WBT. This is Good Morning BT with Bo Thompson and Beth Troutman. News Talk 1110 WBT.
4: Welcome to Thursday, February 22nd. It's a big day on the sports calendar. It is the beginning of spring training in baseball.
5: I can't believe it. I love spring training. Those spring training games are the—they're more fun than the regular games. We I should think. go.
4: Mm-hmm. That would have been a good road trip. Mm-hmm. Darn it. Well, you know, I mean, it starts today. I didn't say it ends today. Maybe we could. Uh, That's a good point. Maybe you never know. This is how these things start. Could go see Tony Marino in Florida.
5: It's a little just idea. Tony would love that. Yeah.
4: We could go do the show from the weeds. Let's go interrupt one of his newscasts. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to February, Jimbo. It's May 4th, Cinco de Mayo. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The LA Dodgers start off spring training today uh, playing San Diego, and then you got uh, four games tomorrow, and then a full slate coming up on on Saturday. Now, it's interesting. I don't know if you've noticed this. Uh, Nike now controls all the uniforms in Major League Baseball. Not the hats. New Era controls the hats, but Nike controls everything else. And they have been getting, as they have in the NBA, you know the NBA has the City Connect uniforms and they have uh, these alternate uniforms. And every NBA team now has like, Six possible uniforms, at least. Mm -hmm. And now that's uh, sort of found its way into baseball. Uh, And I'm not knocking it necessarily because the City Connect uniforms last year for the Braves, I love. Uh, They're not the Hank Aaron uniforms, but they're sort of a hybrid of, of that and sort of the modern thing. But now Nike is ruffling some feathers within major leaguers because now they have spring training uniforms. And apparently uh, the early feedback is they're not made as well as uh, the regular season uniforms. And players are even complaining to the union because of the material and you can't do custom things. Now, how does this, you know, what does this mean to the average person? Well, we know why it's happening. It's happening because they want to sell more stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. if you have spring training hats and alternate hats and City Connect hats, that means every Braves fan or Dodgers fan or whatever fan says, i got to have all those.
5: I need all of those jerseys, and I'm going to spend more for it, prompting people to start getting annoyed. I love articles that pop up in The Atlantic every now and again, and the headline for this one is, what happened to baseball jerseys? People are mad because fans feel doomed to keep paying more for merchandise that they want less. And it's because maybe there are too many options, but I think more to Bo's point, it feels and this, this um this writer's point as well, the, the 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 author's name is Amanda Mull, saying that the uniforms are just bad and they're not of the same quality. So you're paying more and you're not just getting less you're not just getting something you like less, you're mm-hmm. actually getting less. Because remember I have a like a baseball jersey and they're like heavy and the, the, the letters are heavy and they're like hand sewn on. It mm-hmm. feels like there's quality to it. And then it, it, <sighs> now it just feels what like. What jersey is it? It is a New York Yankees jersey. Ah. Mm-hmm. I bought it when I was in the New Gross. York nope, nope, No here. particular
6: player, just generic.
5: I don't know. I have to look at the back. <laughs> It says Troutman on the it back says, of it. Does it have a number? It says Troutman. It might be one. I don't know. I, I, I oh uh, yeah, Billy Martin. Yeah. <laughs> what was the guy? It's Babe Ruth.
6: <laughs> Three. <laughs> do you have a jersey, Zook? I have some jerseys, but uh, they were I didn't purchase any of them. Yeah. Like I've got a uh, when the Bobcats started. I think I told you I have a big orange. But the media all got Bobcats. It was like oh four. It wasn't like four. Like oh four because it was the oh four season. Uh, so it's got my name on it anyway. Mm-hmm. So I do have a basketball one of that. I'm trying to think. I don't own... I, I also happen to own two other football... I have a. I don't know why I have a Deshaun Foster one, again, that ended was, up in our house. I think it came from one of the kids, is Deshaun Foster, who's now, ones. who's now Coach Foster. New coach of yeah. UCLA. And I've got um, a, a real Panthers practice jersey, number 94, because we played in their flag football tournament one year, and so uh, Jackie Miles and the equipment manager gave our team all real Panther practice jerseys, so I have a
4: blue and white uh, Panther I think it was Reggie White at that time it was 94 (laughs) I've only owned two jerseys I had a Dan Marino jersey at one point in time in my life and then um, I have a Dale Murphy uh, jersey uh, Braves jersey that I bought actually last time I went to Atlanta because I went to his restaurant Um, Bernie uh, we only have like uh, 30 seconds I know uh, you probably have like 60 uniforms
7: I have a a ton of jerseys Emma would she would love it if I'd quit buying jerseys (laughs)
4: Uh,
7: but I have literally 30 jerseys maybe with with Hornets, Panthers, Braves, NC State, all that kind of stuff combined. Um, But they're right. The quality of these jerseys this year is absolutely atrocious,
5: like pantyhose
7: material. It's really sad Um, over time. And I'll say this. I told Jim, I I actually got a Wesley Walls jersey on eBay, like an old school Wesley Walls jersey. I did not buy a new Wesley Walls custom jersey because I like the quality of the older uniforms better. They they were just better, and I have old uniforms in my closet from like my first Panthers
6: uniforms. I have an old uh, uh, D'Angelo Williams uniform,
7: and it's I mean
6: the
5: way nicer.
7: Oh yeah,
6: I I I did buy my son Andy a Bryce Young at the Panthers team store, and not cheap,
5: but the quality of those are very good, like one hundred and twenty bucks. I have a Knights. Oh, I guess it's not a jersey. It's just a Knights T-shirt. Jordan Gross gave me a jersey, and it's hand sewn. But it has my name on it, so it's really weird. Does it have his number? Well, it has his number? Yeah, they'll get his you number. because
7: you can pay like three hundred dollars for like a a real life NFL uniform that they use in games, or you can pay five hundred dollars, well, and
4: that's you're tapping into the deal. Yeah. They they want they want these players to wear them on the field, so they're real life, and they can charge that much money for you know not just two jerseys home and away, but like. 10, because, you know, they, they even have jerseys for, like, Father's and Mother's Day now.
7: Yeah, in the NBA, yeah. they do new jerseys every year for the city. They do. On fa- every fa- single on, year. On
4: Father's Day, they have light blue uh, hats and colors. And on Mother's Day, I think it's pink or it's... It is I, pink. I, I, you know, yeah. Well, the Knights changed their name, like, for,
6: like, mm-hmm. uh, Cabaneros or whatever. What is it? Caliberos? I can't remember. I oh, yeah. Spanish, Cal- right. I don't speak and, Spanish. And again, for...
4: and, and, <laughs> and the Knights have those cool, uh, you know, the CLT, the sock that's a takeoff on the 80s. Socks uniforms. Oh, no. I'm not. I'm not knocking the idea. I'm saying that sometimes it gets a little. It, it kind of gets a little too far off the beaten path. Like the the, the Red Sox have these uh, yellow and light blue uniforms. Yeah, yeah. That's tragic. And what, it's just kind of like for, why the Red Sox.
5: One of our listeners, Justin, just sent us a message that said the new MLB pants. Also have material that's so thin that you can see through them. See pantyhose. Yes. Pantyhose material. There's a
7: picture of Shohei Ohtani and taking a picture in his new Dodgers uniform, and you can basically see through the pants. You can see the the bottom of the shirt you see where it's hoo-ha? tucked. No, no. <laughs> I, I hope that that's not.
5: That's good.
7: She just. I'm gonna pop Boomer up. Cup just... check. Cup <laughs>
6: check. <laughs> yeah. Cup exactly. Check. <laughs> that's
7: uh,
4: not up to specifications. What you got there? All right, coming up at 7.35, we're going to talk to Mark Walker, former congressman, former governor's candidate, who got out of that race to get back into another race to run for Congress again. And we've talked so much about uh, the D8 race. The District 6 race is also a six-way primary on the GOP side. And you got names like Bo Hines and Addison McDowell and a Christian Costelli, who we talked to uh I believe it was last week or a couple weeks ago. And now Mark Walker will be back at 7.35 to talk about the state of that race with us.
5: Yes, and we can't wait to have that conversation.
4: Let's talk about the race right now, though. And that, of course, is uh, the South Carolina primary, President Trump and Nikki Haley. Just a few days left until that's decided by South Carolina voters. You know, on the show late yesterday, and, and we sort of uh, t- started talking about this about this time, uh, yesterday, this idea of of what happens to Nikki Haley uh, when she uh, when she finishes running, and and by that I mean, it, right now it looks like Trump's going to win. Now something. Uh, Unforeseen could happen. Maybe that's why she's staying in. Uh, But the numbers right now suggest it's a very, very uphill battle. So, how long is Nikki Haley prepared to stay in? Uh, What are her reasons for staying in despite the odds? And um,
5: well, yesterday, Brett Winterbull was on our show and predicted he thought Nikki Haley was staying in the race because she is going to then move over to a third party and be one of those third party candidates. I said, do you mean like no labels? And the interesting thing was, I think Vivek Ramaswamy listens to our show. Um, he Vivek Ramaswamy came out yesterday with a similar concept right
4: yeah well uh, so Ramaswamy tweets this yesterday he said Nikki didn't even try to collect any delegates in Nevada and now she'll get zero from South Carolina yet her anti-Trump mega donor dollars still flowing the game is hiding in plain sight this is what Ramaswamy is saying. He says they're hoping for Biden's lawfare to eliminate Trump and then backdoor Nikki or else make a play for her on no labels to detract votes from Trump in general. Uh, And and so again, to this idea of could Nikki Haley uh, switch gears and after the primaries run uh, as a candidate in a different party? No labels? Could that be a a possibility? Well, it just so happens that every Wednesday we have one of the national co-chairs for no labels on our show. So when Pat McCrory got here yesterday, we asked him, what about the idea of Nikki Haley uh, eventually being a no labels candidate?
10: Well, as co-chairman of no (laughs) labels, along with Ben Chavis and... uh, Joe Joe Lieberman, I'm very careful about what I say about No Labels, because I'm an insider, Mm. and I've served on boards of directors of companies, and as an insider, you can't convey information that you may know. But I know this, regarding Nikki Haley and running on another independent ticket, including No Labels, it would be very difficult because many laws, many states have laws which prohibit someone from running in a primary for one job on one ticket, like Republican or Democrat, and then if they lose in the general changing their party affiliation and running again on a third party ticket. It's almost like non-compete laws. Ah. You can't change in the middle. It's called sore loser laws. Oh, You can't be a sore loser and say, I lost in the primary, therefore in the general, I'm going to get on another ticket and run for the same office. Well, so so let's uh, make it more of a broad question. So because there are so many sore loser laws, Nikki then as a third party candidate as president, could not win the presidency because too many states would be ruled out in the electoral count, Did all you?
4: right. So, so I, I went on to ask him a more broad question: Is which is if she's not able to run on a third party ticket, like he he's, he believes that she probably would have a hard time doing. Then, then what is the end game for her? And he went on to say that he believes that it's gotten so personal now, especially with the comments made by Trump about her her husband, uh, that he believes Pat McCrory believes that she's staying in this in large part because. Uh, she's defending her her family, essentially, and she's defending her name. And and Pat, uh, you know, if you have a chance to go back and listen to that hour from yesterday, I I recommend it, because, you know, Pat has been in races, too, uh, political races, where he has been attacked. And he talked about uh, the dynamic of making decisions about whether or not to go negative and how to respond to some of those situations. So uh, he's not dealing with exactly the same thing that Nikki Haley is, but to a degree, he knows what she's going through because he's had uh, some some issues where he's had some barbs thrown at him and he could have gone one way and he decided to go the other.
5: Yeah, which was a really lovely, very personal conversation um, with Pat McCrory. And as we were having that conversation yesterday, Tim, one of our listeners, sent a message to GMPT Show at WBT.com. And said, guys, Nikki Haley is staying in the race because she is actually counting on Trump being convicted in one of his cases and being ruled ineligible to run. If she stays in, then she will be the candidate by default. That's according to one of our listeners, Tim, who is, you know, hypothesizing as to why he believes uh, Nikki Haley is staying. Well, and it
4: also goes back to uh, that word suspend. You know these these campaigns use the word suspend. Now I know there are other uh, fundraising and rules that have to kick in. So, but if all of a sudden uh, President Trump today was declared ineligible to run. Uh, yes, Nikki Haley's the only one left, But I do believe, and I think you do too, Beth, that uh, we can think of three or four candidates that would immediately say, okay, i'm I'm exploring the idea of getting back in this, right. right? But they'd have
5: to do it so fast yeah. because Super Tuesday is coming up quickly.
4: Yeah, so I, I don't we don't know what all the, uh, you know, technically what would have to happen. Um but you know, that's the most. That's the most plausible thing uh, to explain why she's staying in the race is what could happen, potentially could happen, with just the sheer number of... Legal potholes that Trump is facing right now.
5: Yeah, well, I think one of the races, or one of the cases, rather, that she's looking at that a lot of people aren't paying attention to is this case in New York that has to do with the Stormy Daniels hush money, because that one is not getting a lot of the same attention as the indictments that came down about the documents and about the election in Atlanta or the election in Georgia. Um, so she might be looking at that case in a way that some of us aren't.
4: And it's highly possible that Trump uh, could be convicted of things and still become president and uh, and and do what he wants to do. We know that's possible, too. So it's all kind of murky right now as to how this is all going to play out. Uh, When we come back, Congressman, uh, he was once a congressman, wants to be again. Mark Walker will join us. He's running in D6.
0: Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips.
1: election 2024 goes through good morning bt mr trump welcome to charlotte radio good morning guys. nikki haley
5: you have a unique voice that you bring to the table good morning it's great to be with both of you the
1: biggest name well i
4: appreciate you making some time for us here in charlotte on wbt Thank you, it's a Great. City. the biggest
1: year
5: welcome to the district 8 north carolina republican congressional debate
1: Continuing coverage of all the campaigns.
5: Jeff Jackson.
1: Good morning. Thanks for having me. Congressman Dan Bishop. Good morning, Bo. Beth. Hi. Bo and Beth take you all the way to November.
4: Talking to U.S. Senator Tim Scott here on Good Morning BT.
1: Thank you, Bo and Beth. It's good to be with y'all. This is Good Morning BT.
4: We have talked a lot about District Number 8, a competitive six-way GOP battle. There's another competitive six-way GOP battle in District Number 6. Names like Bo Hines and Addison McDowell. Christian Costelli was on the show a few weeks ago and now returning to the show is a former congressman and he'd like to be congressman again. Mark Walker is with us. Good morning. Good morning, Bo Beth. How are you guys doing?
5: We're doing well. Thank you for taking time to join us this morning.
4: You there? Well, we're oh, glad there. To be here with you. Yes, sir. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. <we> dropped <laughs> we out. For a we second. lost you for a second. All right. So, uh, you know, early voting has begun. Uh, the, the fight to the finish here. Super Tuesday is not too far away. Uh, how do you size things up on the campaign trail right now for you in this competitive race?
11: Well, we're feeling very hopeful. Uh, we've represented the 6th District, albeit that it has changed probably somewhere between 86 and 88 percent the way that it was redrawn. Includes the new counties of Davie, Davidson, Rowan, and a good part of Cabarrus, uh, even, even uh, I guess, about 40% of the city of Concord, which is all in your listening audience there. But, yeah, we're, we're hopeful for it. Uh, we have uh, done the work. We've got about 65 or 70 volunteers out working the early voting sites. So uh, we think we, our message of being the only proven conservative, not to be too cliché, but we're the only one with a conservative voting record, And uh, very proud to be the only candidate endorsed by the NRA, Veterans for Trump, and other groups and organizations. But I think we're going to land this thing in about 12 days.
5: Now, you were, um, before you threw your hat in the ring to run here in District 6, you were one of the candidates for governor. Now, back in the, uh, the statewide Senate election, you were one of the candidates running against, uh, Ted Budd. And I'm wondering if you're feeling a little bit of deja vu in this particular race, because I know you and, you and Pat McCrory both were at the, uh, the North Carolina convention where former President Trump came onto the stage and unexpectedly to you all endorsed Ted Budd, who was your opponent. Now, something similar has happened in this particular race. The former president has endorsed Addison McDowell, who is a former um, Ted Budd employee, or I guess worked on Ted Budd's campaign, worked with Ted Budd when he was serving in the House. Did you feel a little bit of deja vu, and did that take any wind out of your sails, or did it just inspire you to work harder? I
11: don't do. It. That's what a great question. Uh, I, I, it did not take any, uh, certainly, any wind out of our sails, and, and I will tell you, we kind of anticipated it. Uh, it's the way the kind of the good old boy system works. We were surprised that, uh, you know, if if you're a lobbyist, uh, one of the Trump rules is you're not allowed to work on their campaign. So we were surprised that. President Trump would come in and endorse a corporate lobbyist for Blue Cross or Blue Shield who's lived in Raleigh for the last few years. Doesn't mean the guy's a bad guy. It's just was uh, way outside the standard. But but did it uh, Did it kind of floor us? It did not. We're, look, we're still, if you look at Project 538, not our own numbers, we're the highest rated Trump policy scorecard of any member uh, currently serving in North Carolina, uh, that's Dan Bishop. Even going back to Mark Meadows, Mr. Budd as well. So our record stands for itself. We're very proud of that record, and when we have the platform to be able to communicate it, we have. And and and, and I will say this: we're seven and one. We've we've lost one race, and that was you know getting over. Overboarded flown by, I guess, fifteen million dollars of special interest groups. Not making, not complaining or making excuses, but that was hard to overcome. We won all three of our congressional races. Uh, against both the Republican and the Democrat. And we've won two races in the U.S. House as well for leadership positions. So we're setting up to this thing. I believe that we're going to land this thing, like I said, in about 12
4: days. Talking to uh, Mark Walker, who's running for Congress in District Number 6 here on uh, News Talk 1110 WBT with Bo and Beth. Um, I have a question for you. And, and, and you know, there was talk for a while a few weeks ago about uh, the RNC declaring Trump as the presumptive nominee. And, uh, and, and they backed off of that, and Trump backed off of that. But I thought it was an interesting notion at the time, because if that had gone through, uh, you know, that would have essentially taken any of the, uh, uh, it would have taken the competitiveness out of the top of the ticket. And I know that we've had people drop out since then, so there are only two left. But now, Laura Trump uh, is is about, it would appear, to become second in command in the RNC behind Michael Watley, and she said things in recent days like, you know, uh, taking most of the money, if not all of it, that comes into the RNC and pouring that in to the Trump election. Um I'm wondering, as you're, you're, you're down the ticket, you know, we have uh, Super Tuesday coming up, and uh, you know how this works. Uh, you know, everybody who's down ticket benefits from a competitive top of the ticket to get the voters out, right? Do you worry uh, that if, uh, if, if, if by that time, for example, maybe Nikki Haley's out of the race and it's just Trump, that uh, races like yours down the ticket will suffer turnout issues because of uh, the, the, the top of the ticket doesn't draw people to the polls?
11: And, and I don't. I don't think so, Bo. And here's why: we're 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 watching these. We've had now uh, five days of early voting. Uh, they're they're trending maybe just a little bit lower than where they were 2020, which would be the same comparison where you had the same amount of early voting days. Uh, I, I think locally, uh, people turn out. Uh, now it may be for a county commissioner, a school board member. Maybe they've got a member of Congress they're wanting to vote for. It's not all driven by the top of the ticket. A good portion of it is. Uh, but but I do think if this thing is wrapped up to your point, where either Nikki Haley gets out or, or the delegates enough delegates are now projected, for President Trump, I do think that will diminish the turnout some. Uh, but that's 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 incumbent upon the candidate to get out his vote to get out his supporters. It's, you, you can't blame that on anyone else.
5: Now you certainly have name recognition. In this district. I mean, you, you represented this district, although you pointed out that the district is different from when you represented the district um, a few years ago. Now, Christian Costelli, he ran against Kathy Manning two years ago. Kathy Manning not running for re-election. Bo Hines, who ran in the 13th district, also has name recognition. And then as we were saying, or as I said a, a, a minute ago, that Addison McDowell has the endorsement of President Trump. Who, who are you feeling like you're going head-to-head against the most when it comes, because you have several candidates with a, a high a high name recognition rate. What's your biggest well, challenge, your biggest hurdle?
11: You, well, the few times I've been with you guys, you guys know I'm, I'm kind of a straight shooter, pretty transparent. So here's what their strategy is. I believe that... Who knows how this will turn out? Our job, as you know, a few years ago, they lowered the threshold from 40% to 30%. So whoever's leading above 30% will be the the nominee, will actually be the next member of Congress, as you said, with no Democrat running. But here's what I think their strategy is between Costelli, and I might add uh, a guy who lives over in Moore County, Southern Pines, about 80 miles from the district, you have Uh, Mr. Uh, Addison McDowell, who lives in Clayton and Bo Hines, we think he lives in Union County now, though uh, we're still not 100% sure. Uh, But all three of those guys are battling it out to see who could be the potential primary runoff uh, against me if they can keep me below 30%. That's what our polling is showing. I think that's what their polling is showing as well. So the challenge for us is to get beyond that threshold. I think the challenge for them is who can finish second with the hope that they could get to a runoff two months after the primary.
4: That's right, because uh, the general, there won't be a general. This is for all the marbles coming up on uh, on March 5th. And so it's, it's tightening and it's a six-way battle here. So we appreciate you coming on. And as always from the campaign trail, we'll talk to you down the line.
11: Bill and Beth, take care. Always appreciate it. God bless.
4: That's Mark Walker running for Congress uh, in that uh, six-way D6 primary. And like he said, uh, you know, the trick there is uh, to get a, 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 enough to uh, to live to uh, be around for the, for the runoff, should there need to be one, because uh, November is not really what we're talking about here.
5: Well, and it's the thing you want to hear a candidate say is everybody else is running for second place, That's right? right? <laughs> That's right. Ooh, I don't know. The Irish cream sounds good, huh? What's that? Uh, it's cream and it's, uh, it's Irish.
9: Hurry up and order! Excuse me. Thank you. Um, how about a smoothie?
0: What's in that?
9: Smoothie's a juice drink. We want coffee. Buddy, relax. No, you relax. I'm a regular here. This line needs to move. I beg your pardon.
6: Do you have scones? Tall, non-fat, double latte. Sir, you're at the back of the line. I recognize that. Cut it out or you're out of here. You can't kick me out. You know what? You're, you're really invading my ear space. Look, I'm a frequent coffee drinker. I'm part of the club. I have a card. Do you have a card? Do you have a
3: card? No, I don't Does have a card. anyone here have a card? We don't have frequent drinker cards. It's a video club card. Ah! Zip it there, Sporty Spice. Are we doing this? Oh. Is this happening now? Yeah, Come on sir. sir? Great. I'd Let's love do it. i <laughs>
1: Yeah,
4: you know, coffee's fighting words. I don't drink coffee, and I know that.
5: You know what? What? The, the little guy at Dunkin' Donuts today. <laughs> I just wanted to jump through the window and hug him. The little guy gave me a free coffee. Why? Because I actually ordered a nice tea and they were out of iced tea, and he felt really bad about it. That sounded, I just said, why? Like, why would somebody
4: <laughs> do that to you? Well, that's very nice.
5: We had the greatest conversation. I started crying, and I was like, I'm going to have the best day now.
4: Now, did he respond to you like uh, like, like he, did he like, this is weird? Or yes. was he, oh, yeah. He was 100% terrified. <laughs> he was weirded out? Yeah,
5: because I, I just about jumped out of my car window into the drive-thru window to hug him because I, I needed a moment like that. Um, you know, I, I, I had a rough couple of days. I needed a moment like that. And the free it's, you're right, coffee. Coffee can change your day.
4: Well, I mean, insert whatever you want in place of coffee, and I get it. Diet Coke? i got to have my Diet Coke. If I don't have my Diet Coke, my day is not started the right way.
5: If someone gave you a free Diet Coke, would you jump through the window and hug them?
4: If I needed it at that moment? Yeah. I mean, there are times in my life where that is the only thing that I need. Yeah. So if I couldn't get it and one person gave it to me, I'd probably be pretty excited.
5: Yeah, see? Yeah. Now Changed your whole day.
4: Now, you got the coffee before you came in here. Yes, um what we're about to talk about is a new phenomenon um, that involves getting your coffee within the confines of the brick and mortar workplace.
5: Which most places have a little coffee maker. We have a Keurig right down the hall, and all the little pods are set up in a little spinny thing. You know, mm-hmm. you just go in your little buffet of coffee. <laughs> but this is a whole new level. A place I know nothing about. <laughs> Bo's never seen that room. I don't go down there, but
4: I go. I go left when you go right, and when I go left, I end up in the the uh, basically the Circle K without the attendant.
5: So it would be, and we're going to tell you what this is. But it would be the same thing if you came here and went down. To just get that mm-hmm. Diet Coke that you get from What is that? A cantina? What is that called? A, a convenience store? Cantina? <laughs> is it a cantina? a cantina? It's a Circle no. K
4: without the attendant
5: It's a Circle K with no cashier
4: Circle Cantina yeah, Circle Cantina. There you go. Now, um, this is this is a, this is is an interesting phenomenon, though, because it sort of it relates to the age of COVID. We're coming out of that. Yep. You know, people are coming back to the workplace. Mm-hmm. But what are they doing when they get in the workplace? It does relate to coffee or whatever refreshment you want to talk about.
5: And I am dying to know, I'm dying to know if anybody out there does this because I want the backstory. I want the backstory and I want to know what you feel like as soon as you do it. Do you feel empowered? Do you feel like, ha-ha, I got the man, or do you feel, like, sneaky?
4: (laughs) Well, and and, and (laughs) got the man. And and just to tell you, uh, we couldn't do this. No. You know, you'd you'd immediately know if we did this.
5: Oh, 100%.
4: (laughs) I mean, right down to the second, and we will explain.
0: Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy.
8: Let me ask you guys something. I mean, WBT. How did you guys both get your like initials into the, the call letters of the
4: station? <laughs> well, how it took us about that? a about a hundred and one years, David. <laughs> now we... that is brilliant. Wait a minute. You yeah. know, this, this could this be huge. BT. <laughs>
5: it was meant to be BT. Look at you. You just read another <laughs> tagline for us. But if it's meant to be.
1: It'll be. It'll be. Baby, just let it be. It was meant to Ride
2: be BT.
1: And Beth, This is Good Morning BT. We thought we'd come up with something good. Now you just took it next level. Yep, It was meant to BT. Oh my gosh.
8: Anyway, <laughs> great talking with you guys. This is really, really exciting. News
4: Talk 1110 WBT. Bo and Beth and the Zoke and Bernie and Tommy and coffee. And holy moly. <laughs> now, we, we teed this up right before the news. But uh, coffee, uh, look, I'm, I'm not in the coffee, uh, but, but look, Bernie, Bernie's, Bernie's wife uh, came to my defense during the break, said she was listening to the show, and she's with me on the, on the Diet Coke. It's true. Oh. So whatever your choice is, everybody's got their thing, whether it's coffee or Diet Coke or whatever source of caffeine. We were talking about uh, You know, how you start your day, and you got a free coffee today just because you were you.
5: Just because I said, hey. Hey, no. Beth,
4: just a little aside. Emma also
7: wants to know, why you call him little guy?
5: Little guy, oh, little guy. I don't know she's, like, is she, little she guy. Little she's guy. like,
7: why? She was laughing. Little guy, you
5: keep calling him little it's guy? It's my term of endearment. It is my term of endearment. It's like the little boy's trip. It's my—I I, I call all of the people that I respect and love. just little guys. So the
4: name of the show from here on out is Beth and the Little
5: Guys. <laughs> Beth and her little guys. <laughs> little
4: Now, now uh, we were talking about uh, something that has become a phenomenon, and this uh, really stems from uh, the back to work. Um, push by employers after COVID.
5: I am dying over this, and I cannot wait to hear from you all out there. This is—I was today years old when I learned this term. All you little people need to call. All you little guys out there, if you do this, you need to call me. I need to hear your stories. There is a brand new term that I again—I was today years old when I learned this. It was—it's called coffee badging. Have you heard this? It has nothing to do with like a badger. Coffee badging. Mm-mm.
4: And and yes, if you don't drink coffee, you can still do it.
5: You can still do it. Bo could diet coke badge technically, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but uh, but like I said, it would be very obvious.
4: You would know it if we did it, so we really can't do it. Yes.
5: So let me tell you what coffee badging is. This is a brand new thing. It's a brand new term because, as Bo said, of these return to work mandates, some offices are saying, "Hey, you can come in two days a week, or you need to be in the office, you know, three days a week." Instead of working from home. Like how Mark works four days a week? Yes. So here is what this actually is. Coffee badging refers to the practice of swiping your badge into your office building, hanging around long enough to drink a morning cup of coffee and chat with your colleagues, and then going right back home to get to work. So
4: essentially, if somebody says, were you physically at work today?
5: You can say, check the log. That's
4: right. I was there. I I went to work today.
5: (laughs) Now, at workplaces with strict... This is according to CNBC. At workplaces with strict office mandates, it is seen as a way to get credit for being in the office while still enjoying the benefits of remote work. And there's one particular CEO... That says this should be an Acceptable strategy to bosses Everywhere because with More than 20 years of experience this guy's Name is like weiss hopped Weiss Weiss.
4: hopped we'll, we'll, we'll call him little guy
5: we're going to call him this little sounds like
6: like a craft brew i
5: know this little guy hopped. this little guy has more than 20 years of executive experience and he says that he pays people to work he doesn't pay people to watch them work so he says more ceos should accept this as a strategy of actual work that you're coming in you're chewing the fat with the the other folks at the office for a little bit right around the coffee maker and then you're going home. So not only are you saving on your coffee, your morning coffee, you're getting it for free from the office, but you're also getting credit for that full day's work. Okay, so I think
4: most office settings now... Have uh, badges when you go in, like you check in. Like they can see uh, by way of the computer when when you check in for the day. I right? Mean, Are you late? Like I've also worked somewhere, and so have you, because we worked at the same place. That you had, you had uh, the old fashioned time stamp cards when you go in and when you go out. That's how they know how long you worked if you're an uh, hourly
5: I, employee. I did not have to. I did not have okay, to. Okay, so y- the time cards. I, so I,
4: I was a little guy, and you were a big girl. <laughs> <laughs> Both came through a different entrance
6: in the back.
5: She came through the service entrance. (laughs) Hey, hey,
6: put down the free coffee there, part timer. (laughs)
4: Yes. (laughs) Again, for the rest of the show, I'm a little
6: guy.
5: I did not know that there was a time (laughs) clock at that. Place. Oh, you didn't even know! I didn't even know. <laughs> that's even that's, that's even like
6: a, a humble brag, almost. Really? <laughs>
5: that was an. Act...
6: She came through the talent entrance where that's they have snacks. It's
4: one thing to say I didn't have to use that machine. It's another thing to say I didn't even know it was there. I didn't know <laughs> oh, I didn't that's know way that. below my
5: pay grade. <laughs> yes, essentially. That Bow right,
4: so entering terrible. through the basement.
5: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what door did you come in?
4: <laughs> <laughs> As if you'd ever seen that door. Um, okay, so what What's I was. What's your getting... name, little fella? <laughs> What I was going to say is in today's office environment, most places you have what well, we call it here. We call it a key card mm-hmm. that yeah. you go through the gate to get in. But the thing about that is, is you have to use it when you enter and when you leave.
5: And well, but only only when you pull out. So here's how you could get around it. At this our is all office.
4: hypothetical for you. This
5: is hypothetical because I couldn't do this because you would know if I wasn't here. Right. But the 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 way that you could do it here. This is for all the other people who work here. <laughs> you could. Swipe in to get in, and then just wait till somebody else leaves the gate, and then you could just, just tailgate uh-huh. them.
4: and then yeah. you wouldn't—they
5: would never know that you well, swiped out. There's a
4: sign on the gate that says "Don't do it." Says "Don't do that." And yeah. yeah, we, got, like, that we emails get like weekly emails
6: about
5: emails, "Don't yeah. do that." I,
4: well, know.
6: Yeah. On, yep. I know, I know, I
5: You're know. You're breaking many, many laws.
6: The rules do apply to you too. <laughs>
5: It's like, it's like yesterday
7: with the lime wire and you thought that was legal.
5: The, I it did. Totally in legal. Napster, I thought it was like But You I sit on a throne of lies. <laughs> very
6: you steal cable. <laughs> You're not the real Santa.
5: That
6: steals cable. I wonder why Beth's always sitting in her car when I'm pulling up. <laughs> She's just trying to time her exit. She's waiting for her her opening.
5: I was just trying to get free coffee. It was all about the free coffee. Yeah, she's
6: with her mug in the car. I see her (laughs) through the window and just waiting with the engine running. Now I know what's going on. (laughs) <laughs>
4: but see, the whole premise of this being...
5: I'm the reason for those signs, guys. <laughs> don't, <laughs> sorry. Don't
4: mind me. I'm just a little guy. No, yeah, sorry, sorry. Um, yeah. You don't know about the entrances where I enter <laughs> the building. No, uh, but but this is all incumbent on... Uh, if, you, if you clock out, then it makes this... It renders this ineffective because right. they're going to see exactly how long you were there or not there. Or
5: aren't people going to rat you out because you're not at your desk? Like when you never show up to your desk or if your desk is like covered in a film of dust... <laughs> don't they know that when you swiped your badge, you didn't ever go to your desk? I mean, I want to know. Somebody has to tell me the full story of this. I want to know who does this. You don't have to give me your real name, but I want to know the story.
4: After the show, we're going to take Beth and show her where the cubicles are. <laughs> <laughs> Poor these little people? <laughs> All right. They're the sales team. 704-570-1110. Have you ever done this? Or do you do it now at your office? Do you go in and do the coffee badging? Basically, you go in with your badge, clock in, have a little coffee, and then uh, you know that's your that's your
6: that's your
5: whole day, that's your
4: quota for the day. It sounds
6: like a scene from Office Space. Well, I kind of just stare at the computer screen for an hour. Now. He's talking to the two bobs. Yes, yes. I would say in a week I do about two hours worth <laughs> of actual work.
4: But y'all see what I'm saying now? We can't do it because we. I mean, there's a there's an audio record of every yeah, moment that hear we're hear. our work. Right. Yeah. Got and it. I just
5: went against corporate policy. Don't follow if you work here, don't follow anybody out of the gate, guys.
4: That's right, all you little guys. <laughs> you little people. Tieboid Studio, Bo and Beth and the Zoke and Bernie and Tommy, 7045701110, talking about coffee badging.
5: Something that I had never heard of. This I was this is a new term to my ears.
4: Or said another way, Beth Troutman, coffee badger don't care. <laughs> So before we go to the phone lines here, just reset for us um for the for the little people.
5: And please, please, please call me and tell me the story of how you do this. Coffee badging is the new way of getting around work back to work mandates post-COVID. The places that are saying, hey, you have to come back to work at least two days a week, at least three days a week. People are coming back to the office, they're swiping their badge. They come in just long enough to get a cup of coffee at the coffee machine and maybe chew the fat for a minute with a couple of the the folks at the office. And then they leave and go back home and do the rest of their work. And some CEOs are saying, hey, you should embrace this new policy because you shouldn't be paying people to watch them work. You just need to make sure that they get their work done. But I am dying to hear the stories of people who do this and how they get away with it. And has anybody ever said anything? And you don't have to tell me your real name. Just please tell me your story.
4: Matthew, I don't know if that's your real name. You're on WBT, line one. Welcome to the show.
8: Hey, good morning, Bonavent.
5: Hey, Matthew. Do you do this?
8: No, so I'm not a coffee badger, but um, <laughs> but I was gonna. But my buddy is. Uh, he and I. He, he, I work in South End. He works in Uptown for one of the the big employers in town. Yeah. And uh, we met for lunch last week, and he sent me a text, and you know he's like, "Hey, I'm, I, I'm at work. When do you want to get lunch?" And you know he's like, "I can, I can meet you any I'm okay. <laughs> so we met for lunch real quick, and uh, come to find out that he told me during lunch that he was uh, he went uptown for our lunch. <laughs> Uh, he logged in the computer, and then immediately after lunch, he was going back home. And so he, he's not a copy badger, but he's a lunch badger, I guess.
5: Oh, my gosh. So this is, quote, unquote, your friend, right, Matthew? Yeah,
8: you know, you know, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not me. My, my employer is my employers, uh, a bit different. My employer um, actually checks the IP logs, and so... That's how they can catch you is by checking the i p for how long your laptop has been logged onto the network, and so they can look and see that whenever you disconnected uh, how long you've you know how long you 've been there, so like my employer wants us to be there for 75% of the workday. And the way they can tell that is, like I said, they just check the IP uh, logs to see how long my laptop's been been connected to the network.
5: So your buddy, though, who works for the big employer here in town in Uptown, he can kind of get around this because he is logged in to his IP address, the computer, in his office. And if he had one of those little, you know they have those mice now, is mice the plural of mouse when you're talking about the the computer mouse? Meese.
6: It's mice, yes.
5: <laughs> Mouses, with you know that that continually they're, like, they're robotic and they move so it looks like you're actually doing work so your computer doesn't freeze. So your buddy could do this and totally get away with it.
8: Uh, he could totally get away with it because where he works, all they do is just check the badge to see how long you've you know to see that you've badged in. I got a badge in. I don't have to badge out to leave. Um, but again, since they check my IP logs, they, they can tell if I've been there for five minutes or five hours.
5: So you have you work for a high tech company that's checking the IP address. It's, it's, well, <laughs> I mean, look, look, if this was like
4: 20 years ago, back when uh, some people used to use the uh, the time in time out cards, uh, <laughs> then, you know, yeah, you can get away with this. But I feel like uh, there's so many ways that employers can know if you're there with technology now that it's almost kind of like a moot point.
5: Well, if you I mean, seriously, I think the biggest way is that your booty's not in the chair. You know, you just have to walk by the desk and see that somebody's not there. It seems like that would be the most obvious way. Hey, Matthew, thanks for calling. We love you, Matthew. All
4: right. Thank you. And by the way, I know that's his real name because I know who that was.
5: Oh, you know him. I do. Hey, Matthew. Uh, Matt, uh, you're on the Are you the t- one who
4: works uptown? <laughs> I, 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 I'm not going to out him. I'm not going to out him because I, he would have said if he wanted to, but I, I, I figured out about halfway through. I recognize that voice. You
5: knew who it was? Do you know who his buddy is who's coffee badging?
4: I know who it might be. (gasps) I might, but I love that he's listening to the show. Matt, this is Matt, not Matthew. Matt, you're on News Talk 1110 WBT.
11: Hey, good morning, guys. Big fan. Oh, thanks, Matt. Hey, listen, I actually
8: do a lot of work there at the station. I'm there a couple times a month. Oh. In fact, I was just there yesterday.
5: Oh,
4: hey. Did I so see Beth, you?
5: I did I hug you?
4: So, Matt, what time did Beth leave yesterday?
8: <laughs> <laughs> I know what time I left. <laughs> but I got a solution for you with the gate.
5: Oh, are you going to teach me how to sneak out? I can't do it. They're going to be so mad. I'm trying to tell everyone, follow the rules.
11: <laughs> all right, well, tell your boss to turn the radio down. For- <laughs> <laughs> oh,
6: okay, no. they're not listening. Go ahead.
11: <laughs> yeah. I, I have to buzz in, and I, and I think you all got a new girl at the desk because it takes her a few minutes and she doesn't seem to know who i am and i'm there all the time but anyway on your way out if you hang back from the car in front of you and let the gate start to close and then creep up there's a sensor there and the gate will automatically reopen (laughs) so technically you're not tailgating the person out you just wait for the gate to start closing and then pull up and it'll
8: reopen. Yeah, I've done and that. Sneak,
5: sneak out, right out. <laughs> Mark Garrison is our resident coffee badger. Okay, yeah, I've,
9: <laughs> I've, I've done
4: Garrison. that. Yeah. Mark <laughs> yeah, owns that man. parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, I'd say goodbye, Mark, but you'll probably see me leave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd, love, I'd love to meet you guys next time I'm up there. I'll have to time it out properly. Yeah, well, come say hello. You, you've got access. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, stop it.
5: Get myself a bath hug. Yeah, yeah, you'll get a you long, go. awkward bath hug. Give yourself a bath
6: hug. <laughs> All right, man. That thanks, sounded creepy. Thanks isn't? for being
4: out
5: there, oh, man. Oh, I thought it sounded sweet. It Yay. smells of
4: Beth. <laughs> Ooh, of the little people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
5: All right. That's why did you just say like bologna and cheese? Or <laughs> <laughs>
6: yeah. You did smell like an for that one. Slim Jim's. changed
4: deodorant.
5: Yeah, I, I have immediately thrown that deodorant out. It's gone. It's,
4: it is natural juices and berries. <laughs> it has been growing since birth.
0: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you.
4: Hey, how about this? Coming up just past the top of the hour, our buddy J.J. Jansen. Carolina Panthers, long snapper. He's going to be back with us in studio. We talked to him before the Super Bowl, and we said, hey, you need to come back when the the game's over. And uh, guess what? He is. I hear that he's here coffee badging.
5: Really? Yeah, he just came for the Keurig.
4: So uh, he may be like only one segment then.
5: Yeah, he might just yeah. he might not stick around for long. He just wants to chat for a bit while he whilst he finishes his cup of coffee.
4: What would you call it the radio version of it, you know, because it's not the uh, the badge, it's the, you know, I came in and they heard me on the radio therefore I was there.
5: Therefore I existed. Yeah. I was in the office.
4: All right, uh, so we've been talking about coffee badging. If you're just joining us, Beth, what is coffee badging?
5: Coffee badging is this brand new, at least in my brain, brand new term for people who have been mandated to come back to the office. Mm -hmm. They are now, instead of spending the entire workday, they're coming in, swiping their badge, just long enough to drink a cup of coffee, talk with their coworkers for a moment, and then they head out and go back home to work or to, you know, do whatever. Now, I
4: said uh, we're going to go to the phone line here in a minute. 7045701110. A lot of you apparently at least if you haven't done it yourself, you've seen it done. And I said right off the top, well, we live in this age now where most people have some sort of card key or badge or something that you have to swipe to get in your... But when you do that, you go in and you go out.
5: Right. But a lot of places I'm finding out from our listeners, from the people that are sending us messages, you only have to swipe to get in your office. And apparently a lot of places you don't have to swipe to get out. Well, and it may not
4: even be... Like, I know that if, if you're a boss and you want to go back and, and, and scrutinize the... the data you can see if you want to uh, who does what when based on the, those card swipes and it's not just like in this building it's not just getting in and out it's going in certain rooms and they keep track of whether you go in rooms you're not supposed to go in right Uh-oh. well because I, i've worked here a long time and not that i go around searching for strange rooms to walk in but i have on occasion uh you know gone to go to a place that it wouldn't let me in um, there
5: are secret rooms here I need to go around, try my key card, see how many places I can access.
4: Every room is secret to you because you don't have a key card. You just <laughs> I just walk you in. You just walk in. I
5: just follow no. other people.
4: <laughs> no, but what I was going to say is, it, it, I do see where this is. This could be a thing if you're at work, and so the boss, you know, he's not standing by the gate seeing when you come in right. and come out. But people who come into work to make an appearance, like it may be, I just walk past the boss's office and wave. And as far as he knows, I when I, where I go after that is somewhere in this building all day. Whereas it may be that you just walk past so he could see you and then he goes on about his day or she and her day and then you leave but he never goes to the trouble to, to find out how long you stay. They
5: could think you're just in a meeting in a cubby hole somewhere working with a co-worker and they check the log and your badge, you badged in at 9.05 a.m. I want to hear from the bosses. Are bosses freaking out now that they're knowing this is a thing? Are there bosses out there that want to tell me about how they've uh, caught their workers red-handed coffee
2: badging?
4: Daisy is on line one. Daisy, welcome to Good Morning BT.
2: Hi, you guys have got me going with this conversation. Oh, yay! Um, (laughs) So, I'm one of those people who have been forced back in the office, and there's a reality of it nobody wants to talk about, and that is that you don't work as much when you have to go to the office. Because there's only so many hours in the day. So... And this coffee badging is not new. People have been doing that forever. Oh, seriously. They make a place. And, you know, I have employees. I work, you know, I have someone above me. If we don't get our job done, that is the test. If you start cracking down on me like I'm in kindergarten, I'm just going to go somewhere else. Because when I work from home, I can work up to 10 o'clock at night. But after I commute for two hours a day. Yeah. When I get home, I'm tired.
5: You're done. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, so yeah, there's a lot of that going on. Uh, they fired people for not coming in. They've, you know, what are you going to do? They're they're fighting a transition because some jobs make perfect sense to work from home. Some never will.
4: We'll see, but Daisy. It's just
2: like Amazon. When they came in and all the bookstores closed, yeah. yeah. it's hard, but it happens.
4: Yeah. Well, Daisy, uh, so the, here, here's the, the issue, at least in my view. Um, you know, if most people did or most, most people do what you're talking about and you're conscientious and, and, and you, you actually, actually, because you have access and you have more free hours with the ability to work at home, you actually, they actually get more out of you yeah, than, you're they more get, productive. than they would if you came to work. But I don't know if you're the norm. I mean, I, I think there are I think people that you did...
2: are. I mean, you find out real quick when people aren't producing.
4: So it's you think hard. you think most people are like you?
2: I think most people that keep their jobs are like that. Well, <laughs> <Yeah.
4: laughs> that's a, that's. a I mean, so I understand what you're saying. That's true. If, if they can effectively uh, keep keep, cause, because because. A lot of these, uh, a lot of bosses now have the technology in place because it sort of became prevalent during COVID to be able to monitor. I mean, like like uh, the caller was saying earlier about the keystrokes and about the the mouse movement and about the remote computers. The IP computers. address, yeah. You know, the IP address. They can do these things now. I I, I don't know. I, I don't know what I believe totally because as soon as I talk to somebody like Daisy, uh, we we talk to people who know how to work the system, and I know examples of people who have gone on vacations, you know, uh,
5: and remote work. Worked and try to act like that's the same thing and it's not. Well, here's the question, Daisy. You said that you have people who work under you. Have you had to fire someone for coffee badging?
2: I'm sorry. I worked from the beach for two months. You did? I hard. But at least I got to see the ocean
4: outside. <laughs> no, but see, hang on, Daisy. I I'm I hope you 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 uh, understand where I'm coming from. I, I'm okay. I'm I'm appreciating you, and I'm I guess I'm having trouble believing that 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 most people out there are like you. If they are, that's great. But uh, I don't think we'd be talking about this if we didn't have examples of people who tried to work the system. Like I, if if most people are like you, then uh, then the world is a better place than I thought.
2: <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> I get it. I appreciate it all. It's just that, yeah, if you get your job done, you should, they shouldn't micromanage you.
5: Even if you are coffee badging, right? Even if you just go in for a cup of coffee, shake a few hands, and go home and get your stuff done.
2: I guess. But to me, that I. I'm gonna get even less done if I do that. So I'm gonna stay in the office. Oh,
4: but do you remember you, people? Daisy. So, but do you remember those kind of people who? And this is not even about a badge. This is about you know coming in and walking past the boss's door just so they oh, could sure. see you here. You know, and then and then who knows? As far as they know, uh, you went into the next room and worked like a champ all day right. long. But or that you a,
5: sit in the stairwell and cry. Yeah,
2: but you don't get away with that. Nobody gets away with anything really in the end. So that's true. I, the, yeah, I've lived too long. You you just don't get away with stuff very long. Karma is an angry little lady. Yep. Well, y'all <laughs> well, have a great day. You too. I we love you, Daisy. We, All
4: right, we appreciate it. I, I like I, I I was trying to tell Daisy that I appreciate that there are people out there like her because oh, you totally those, did. those are the people that make the world work. And she's right, you know, I mean, I guess it's gonna catch up to you at some point. But what we're talking about is working the system so that uh, you can get away with things in the in the near future.
5: Yeah. well, I mean, I guess if the people I think uh oh if we get more calls I just really want to know I want to hear we haven't heard yet from the coffee badger him or herself him or herself or the boss that had uh, egreg- re- f- egregious violations like had to fire the coffee badger yeah
4: yeah We talk 1110 WBT Bo and Beth and the Zoke and Tommy and Bernie and coming up at the top of the hour we have J.J. Jansen going to be making his return to the studio he'll be on the David Chadwick show coming up on Sunday at 8 o'clock but uh, we talked to him a few weeks ago and he made his prediction he made his prediction i'll say it one more time he made his prediction uh which we'll uh sort of uh revisit here in a few minutes but uh he said he'd uh do his best to come back on the flip side and uh what do you know two weeks later here we are
10: and
5: it's impressive
4: it is um so just thumbtack that for a moment uh this is one story that uh, we haven't gotten to yet uh at least in this part of the show uh in, you know in a segment but we haven't even seen the 12-team format yet for the college football national championship, the playoff that's going to happen later this year. And then yesterday, uh, we get word that the, uh, there are meetings going on in Dallas about a 14-team playoff. So it may end up being there was all this controversy this last year of the four team playoff about who got in and Alabama over Florida State and all of that. But we know that next year it's going to be 12. So at least you'll have it expanded out. But now it, that may end up being a one and done um, because, uh, OK, no, it would be a, it would be a two and done because they're saying that starting in the 2026 season, uh, they could bring a 14 team playoff into this.
5: And it's just in time for ESPN to renew their contract with uh, the college football TV people stuff.
6: Right, the way you said that.
5: You know, it has <laughs> your, nothing to do with
4: with your work badge getting in <laughs> here today. <laughs> Actually, she doesn't have to use a work badge. She uses whatever words she wants
5: I hug people She's they dropped
6: off you. by bluebirds at the door And <laughs> she just kind of flies through the, the window But um, to, your, to your previous point About the college football playoff Yeah, it's like, can we at least absorb 12 from 4 Before we start discussing and again, they're discussing They haven't uh, gotten anywhere near to uh, approving Something like 14 But you know they will It's like everything They just make every sport bigger and bigger To the point where it's so diluted and watered down it just to me ruins the value of it. I think in part they've gotten so big. What they're talking about why they want fourteen I'm not good at math is to make the champion the conference championship games for the the power four conferences essentially mean more because they would get a bye week in that playoff format because they have so many now they would need to build a bye week in, and so it's gotten so big they're trying to create some purpose of what it would matter to be a higher seed. So
5: would it be like a college Super Bowl basically where everybody comes together and somebody wins?
6: It's more, more like the NFL playoffs, honestly. Yeah. It's going to be yeah. very much like a tournament yeah. as opposed to before. You just had you just the two. The national championship game, you know, game would be selected. And then it got to four a couple years ago. And now they. I thought they would probably go eight next. And they went all the way to 12. And, again, to me it just, it just um, it diminishes the value of the games and the conference championship games and so many. I mean, I like the debate. I like the fact that not everybody gets in because every other sport is like the NBA expanding from uh, six to ten in each conference where you have the play-in tournament, essentially, for four teams to get into the eight. Uh, Yeah, 10 down to eight, not six. But uh, anyways, they just added and added during COVID. Baseball playoffs did the same thing to the point where regular season, so much of it is diminished because so much uh, mediocrity
4: gets into the postseason.
6: It's just
5: super saturated.
4: And just, just, I know a lot of people are wondering, how does just the 12-team playoff schedule work out? over the course of December and January. First round, and this is going to happen this year, December 20th and 21st is the first round of games. Then you have the quarterfinals, the Fiesta Bowl, uh, that's on New Year's Eve. Then you have uh, the the uh, the Peach Bowl the next day, that's the quarterfinals. And then the Orange Bowl and the Cotton Bowl are the semifinals on January 9th and 10th, and then the national championship is in Georgia on January 20th. So that's wow. how it's going to change the Most whole. The February. Now. Yeah. Well,
5: I'll tell you who really loses out here is the spouse of the person who's a huge <laughs> college football fan and NFL fan. It's the spouse of that person who might not be the fan. That's the person who loses out here. Going on a two or month who needs cruise to come on board. <laughs>
4: yes. When we come back, JJ Jansen is back.
0: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclib 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you.
4: News Talk 1110 WBT, 7 past 9 o'clock in the Tyboid Studio, Bo Thompson, Beth Troutman we got Jim Zoki and Bernie and Tommy, and it's that time of the week, David Chadwick, and special guest with David Chadwick today.
9: Yeah, you know, I wanted a part two with J.J. Jansen because the last time he was on two weeks ago with Super Bowl weekend, we ended up talking a lot about Super Bowl stuff, and, and there were so many questions I wanted to ask him, you know, Taylor Swift stuff, and, and the Black National Anthem mm-hmm. controversy as well, but also how do you live out your faith in a really difficult environment where you know, money, sex, and power are the unholy trinity, and you're a person of great faith and values, don't necessarily buy into all of that stuff, so how do you live out that faith? So I thought, let's do part two, and he gave me part two today.
4: Okay, before we get into part two, I want to go back to part one, okay? And just so, I mean, we all watched the Super Bowl, and we remember what happened, but let's remember exactly how it ended.
10: First and goal at the three, lining up in the clock at 10 seconds and ticking. In the shotgun, Mahomes, four-man front, receiver of motion, low snap. He runs and he throws, caught touchdown. It's caught. Hardman caught the ball. The Chiefs have won. The Chiefs have won. The entire bench empties, chasing Mahomes in the end zone. Their third Super Bowl in five years. The Chiefs are back-to-back Super Bowl champions. It is a dynasty. The Chiefs have won Super Bowl 58, 25, 22 in overtime.
4: Three points in overtime. That was the evening of February
12: 11th. Uh, Earlier in the day on February 11th on this station, on the David Chadwick Show. I'm going to have a bold sort of prediction here. I think the game is going to be 27-23 overtime game. Uh, I think the Chiefs are going to win. I think it's going to be 20 to 20 at, ha- at the end of regulation, and I think it's going to go into overtime. I just think that the Chiefs' defense is really, really strong, uh, and I would never bet against Mahomes.
4: So, you know, in the movie uh, Mr. Wow. Mom, they said, you know, 220, <laughs> 220, 221, whatever it takes. Okay, so you said 25 uh, 23, the score was 27 to uh, 20. Uh, I'm sorry, you said 25 to 22, and the score was 27 to 23.
12: In overtime. So you said that backwards, overtime. but yes. Did I say it backwards? I, no. Yeah, so so my my prediction was it was going to 2020 to overtime, and I kind of know how Kyle Shanahan would play, and I thought that they would take the ball first, which was actually a fine decision. There was nothing wrong with it. And I thought he would settle for a field goal. That was just my pre-game thought. Like, if it went to overtime, he'd settle for a field goal. Your, and your gut feeling. My <laughs> gut feeling was, and then and then I just wasn't willing to bet against Mahomes at that point, and, and there's some analytics as to why that w- might happen, but I felt very strongly it was going to be a low scoring game. I went out on a limb and said, Hey, I think this is going to be an overtime game. And sure enough, I missed it by one point. And you said 1919. 19, I said
9: twenty 20, 20 I And mean, it was 1919. 19, 19, That's right. actual game. If you
5: were a gambling man, Vegas would have been a good place to be. That's yeah, right. Yeah, had, had, but
12: I, I know there's a lot of gambling in North Carolina coming up. NFL players are not allowed to gamble on right. football, so the best I can do is give my predictions on the David Chadwick show, and then you can do whatever you want with well, that information. Right.
4: But you said predictions because you guys went back and crunched the numbers, well, not just this time, but in years past.
9: Ed Billick, uh, my producer, went back over the last four years. The J.J.'s been on the show with me and has done this annually, predicted the Super Bowl folks he is 4 out of 4 and most of the time within just a few points of wow. this we began the show with all hail king jj <laughs> the ultimate football nostradamus uh, th- there's something he's you got inside you need to retire immediately
6: so that you can actually <laughs> cash in on your own.
5: Actually you need to start making the predictions in quatrains you know and this is the why the rhyming quatrains so you'd be like a uh, nostradamus type uh, figure I
12: think I think a lot of the uh, gambling experts they all start uh, their hotlines and the uh, the pay for call in so you get all my picks Uh, i don't think i'll be doing that anytime (laughs) soon but uh we've had fun with it and and look when you play enough football and you study enough of the the analytics and the numbers you have a sense of how the game might play out because teams have strengths and weaknesses and having played in that game before i know there's always a little bit of nervous tension and i kind of thought it'd be a low scoring game because i thought everyone was gonna be a little bit nervous early on and the game was a little clunky there for a while and then we got a great finish.
4: Well, 58 Super Bowls and I believe there've been two overtimes. Right. So for you to predict overtime that <laughs>
9: yeah.
12: pretty darn good. All hail
9: King JJ. <laughs> so
4: anyway, I wanted to start out and uh, and give credit where credit is due cuz that's uh, that's pretty spot on. So That was that was fun. David
12: texted me and goes, "I can't believe
4: this
6: is happening."
12: I responded, "Me neither. I can't believe this is happening." It
6: was funny you actually predicted San Fran would take the ball first cuz I thought the opposite is for our strategy because I'm thinking you're giving Patrick Mahomes all the information he needs now that he gets to go second. He gets four downs to try to figure out how they're going to win the game.
12: Well, I want to talk about that a little bit. Frank Wright, our former head coach, was actually part of the group that put together this new rule. The goal of the rule was how do we make the winner of the coin flip not a huge advantage? And the way they did that was give the, no matter what happened on the first possession, give the second team the matching opportunity. So you couldn't just end it with a touchdown. As the game goes along, touchdowns become easier to come by because the defenses get tired. So that was the purpose of the rule. Now, we've never had one of these situations, but they run lots of models. That's the value of analytics. And they basically said, it's about 50-50. 51-49, 50-and-a-half, 49-and-a-half. And the conclusion was, if you had to make a choice... The team that wins the toss should take the ball. But it's minuscule. So he made the right choice, but it really wasn't that big of a deal. And this whole thing about Mahomes, the the biggest mistake of the entire game was that on fourth and four from the nine in the overtime, San Francisco kicked a field goal. Two reasons why. The first was analytics said, you got to go for it. It was a minus 12% win percentage, which basically means it'd be the equivalent of choosing to not kick a 55-yard field goal at the end of regulation, and let's just play in overtime. Like, that that was the difference. That, that's the mathematical difference. So, But what it did was, as soon as they kicked the field goal, to your point, Zoke, now Mahomes gets four downs, at least until they get into Harrison Bucker field goal range. And even then, they're probably going for it because they're saying we're not going to just kick a field goal to tie, and then you get the ball. So you were always giving Mahomes four downs. Now, if they had gone for it and missed it, it would have been the, the, the score would effectively still have been zero zero in overtime. Mahomes wouldn't have had four downs. And when they went, they had a fourth and one on the first series of that drive. They'd have punted it back, and that would have been the Kyle Shanahan advantage of the third possession. The field goal was the was the mistake. Not taking the ball first.
4: Okay, oh. so <laughs> I didn't
5: understand any of that, but it sounded
12: brilliant. But that's why JJ
4: always gets All Hail King and Nobody JJ. else can figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> we we uh, can you guys hang out for one more segment here? Yeah, okay, sure. we got uh, Brett Wendell coming up at nine thirty-five, but uh, we got some other things to unpack from Super Bowl fifty-eight, and also the David Chadwick Show coming up this Sunday at eight a.m. on WBT. <laughs> News Talk 1110-993-WBT, worldwide on the WBT mobile app, and also home of the David Chadwick Show, every Sunday morning, 8 a.m. till 9 a.m., one of our longest-running local shows ever. can say that now. Now We can. 25 years. Hard to believe. And uh, this... This weekend is part two of a uh, conversation I can't wait to hear, and we're hearing a preview of it. D- uh, David's here, and also JJ Jansen, uh, Carolina Panthers long snapper. We heard from you
9: uh, before the Super Bowl, and now now it's in the rear view. Yeah, 16 years in the NFL, and I uh, hope it'll be 17. That's and right. JJ's just a, a good man, but also a, a deep man of faith. And my program is a faith and values program that tries to intersect faith and values with issues in the culture locally and globally. But I wanted to ask J.J. about some of the obvious things that are before us, like the Black National Anthem at the Super Bowl. Was that divisive? How do you handle that in the locker room? The Taylor Swift phenomenon, does that affect teams in the locker room? Uh, Also, the most important thing for me on the show was just, J.J., your faith. You live it out. In a locker room where, especially with younger guys, there's the unholy trinity of money, sex, and power being what drives them, and that's not what drives you, and do you ever feel like you're ostracized and lonely as you try to deal with a locker room that doesn't necessarily share your values? And those were the issues we got into today, I mean,
12: on Sunday as well. So, J.J., you want to comment on any of those? Uh, yeah, I, I think the NFL locker room is a really special place. It's a very intimate place, unlike any other work environment I'd say in the world, but um, Every once in a while, we have these big issues, whether they're cultural, whether they're personal inside of a locker room, and the really cool part about being in a locker room is there's a lot of different perspectives, there's a lot of different beliefs, and we argue and hash them out in in a way that most workplaces don't. The cool part is by Sunday, we're all pulling in the same direction. So Whereas maybe the rest of the world is divisive and they turn and separate from one another, we actually are forced to, by the nature of our job, come closer to one another and so there's, guys, you know, there's 53 guys out there on Sunday who all do not think the same thing, but on Sunday we are all working towards a common goal. And the guy next to me might believe very different things than me, but I've got his back and he's got mine, and that makes professional sports a very special place. And And we get really deep on a lot of these issues, and it's a lot of fun. And guys, I think, grow in greater respect for one another because of it.
5: It's you know? a microcosm, really, for how the world should work, how discussions within politics, within our own community should work, that we can actually have disagreements, but still be loving and have each other's backs and be caring mm-hmm. and be very protective of our fellow man.
12: Yeah, it, it, it's a it's a special, special place. Um, it's the reason why when you hear guys say, uh, you know, do you miss the game? They almost, they almost always say, I don't miss the game, I miss the locker room. I don't miss. I might miss Sundays, but what I really miss is the Thursday afternoon eating uh, bojangles or having a cafeteria meal or something like that, and we're debating religion. Like Olson always said, I want to know about JJ's conspiracy theories about the dinosaurs, and so, like, and we would, and this, this is how we would like talk and come together, and we might we might sit together for two hours and debate things and make fun of one another and we all walk out of there like hey th- that was a lot of fun even though we had a lot of disagreement along the way
5: well now I want to know about your conspiracy theories about, <laughs> about the, the dinosaurs, dinosaurs. <laughs> sure.
12: that'll, be, that'll be on another show <laughs> that'll, that'll be part three that's part three <laughs> that's, that's part three you should so, be in
6: the locker
5: room or the
4: cafeteria for that one <laughs> okay, okay both. Okay. Fair so, fair enough we'll leave the, the the Travis Kelsey Taylor Swift Reaction and conversation. Uh, You can hear that on David's show on Sunday. I want to ask you about something I wondered about, and especially from someone uh, who plays the game like you. So, so much was made in the moment of the Travis Kelsey, Andy Reid bump up on mm. the sideline. And what did they really say? And it just came out yesterday that NFL Films uh, has essentially said uh, that, that it's likely we'll never hear that audio. Mm. I mean, they have it, but it's we're probably never going to hear it uh, for a variety of reasons. And that is what it is. But you were talking about the percentages and how close this game was and how it could have easily gone the other way. Uh, I tend to look back at that moment on the sideline if the Chiefs had lost that game I think that that moment would have become a much bigger story. And uh, I, I wonder you know, how that might have snowballed. They came back and they won and everybody made up and hi- and, 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 and all that. But did, did you view that at the time and then all the, the, the talk about it afterwards as that big a deal when when, when Andy Reid got bumped by Travis Kelsey? And you've, you've heard now what he said. He's apologized and he said he shouldn't have done it. But it happened. What, did, what do you make of that whole situation?
12: Yeah, in the moment, I thought it was a huge deal. Um you know, bumping into your head coach in an angry sort of a way, um, had it been any other combination of player and coach, it would have been even bigger. To, we kind of know their long-standing relationship. There's commercial – they're together in commercials. They appear to be very friendly. So I think that is a little bit of a saving grace for them. But. I think where the line gets blurred is you will occasionally see a star player get into it with a position coach, maybe even an offensive coordinator. You never see it with a head coach. Well, Andy Reid is the play caller. He is, in many ways, Travis Kelsey's position coach. And I think sometimes those lines get a little bit blurred. And to Kelsey's credit, I was wrong. I was out of line immediately going to there. That's smart, right? You don't need to be defensive. Hey, I made a mistake. I think most people can say... I respect someone for just owning up and saying that was inappropriate, but there's no doubt had they lost, that would have been a major storyline and could have very easily led to the destruction of that relationship. Winning cures a lot of stuff. It's much easier to apologize when things are now successful, and I imagine they will move past it. I know they've said they will. I will imagine that they, they would in actuality, but look, things do get heated on the sideline, but everyone's got a responsibility to not cross that line, and that was one of the few times we saw a player truly cross the line. I have a lot of respect for both of them that they're able to move past it, but uh, that was a big deal. Mm. Another big
6: headline about coaching was your former interim head coach uh, Steve Wilkes yeah. let go after the Super Bowl, and by yeah. all accounts, held you know again held Mahomes to twenty-two during regulation of that game. Inherited the defense that he had to run, and um, and it wasn't like the number one defense, but it was one of the top defenses. In the league. Were you surprised when Steve Wilkes got let go?
12: Yeah, I was really surprised. You know, again, being as authentic as you can be, like their defense struggled the second half of the season, but they're also playing much better quarterbacks and much better offenses. And again, analytics, we tend to see defenses sort of rise and fall to the level of their competition. That's common. Steve Wilkes is an amazing human being. He's a fantastic leader. He's a fantastic technician of DB coaches in particular. I've known him for 20 years going back to when he was the DB coach at Notre Dame. He is a fantastic leader. What seems to be the story coming out of San Francisco, and I could see it in the games, is the defense he runs is not the defense San Francisco has run for the last six years. And much the same way Saban in Alabama says you are going to mold into the Alabama way, Shanahan said I need a defensive coordinator to mold into the San Francisco way, which is play coverage with the back seven, and that really good defensive line get after the quarterback. That's not Steve Wilkes' DNA. Steve wants to attack and blitz and come after you. And just watching the games, you could tell that they were struggling to find the blend of what they do versus what Wilkes wants to do. And at the end of the day, as a coordinator and when you're calling the defense, I do think you have to be authentic to how you view a game. And it just—it seems like it was a bad football fit. Not a personal fit, but a bad football fit. Mm. And so I'd imagine you're going to see them hire someone that's likely been there or has worked kind of in that inner circle of the shanahan McVeigh thing. I know a lot's been said about Brandon Staley, but they have a way of doing things. And I don't know that Steve Wilkes' strategies were similar. One one would think that would be fleshed out in the interview before you hire him. Yes, JJ and the, he's yeah. such a good guy. So one so one of the tough parts is right. So Steve Wilkes was up for the head coaching job here. Mm-hmm. San Francisco lost their DC D'Amico Ryan's late in January after a long playoff run. Most of the coaches in the NFL had already been hired by the time they got to February. D'Amico leaves for Houston, and now they're searching. So there's only a few qualified defensive head coach or defensive coordinators on the open market. My guess is Kyle looked internally, realized, hey, there's nobody quite ready to be the DC. Then he looks externally, and there's only a few guys that don't have jobs. And remember, you can't take a defensive coordinator from another team. So it was going to have to be either someone that was unemployed the year before or a guy like Wilkes who was up for a head coaching job. So maybe it was like a one-year rental in, in some ways. Like, let's see if we can make this work for a year. And it just it seems like maybe it didn't work from a football fit, not a personality fit, because Steve Wilkes is one of the best human beings I've ever been a part of, and you will never find a player that has a bad thing to say about him. He's that good of a leader and a technician. Mm. Fleshing out the
4: interview, that's what you said, right?
9: Yeah, it it was fascinating, and I hope everybody will listen on Sunday. And for me, just one other quick thing is J.J. talks about losing his father several months ago Mm -hmm. and walking through that grief and how that is a testimony to his teammates as well, that many of them, especially the younger guys, are watching how he deals with that, and that's an open door for him to be able to share his faith as well. And that wraps the pregame show for the David
4: Chadwick Show (laughs) on Sunday where you specialize in fleshing out things no matter what it may be. And I know there's football,
9: there's also life and spirituality, so looking forward to part two with J.J. Jansen. Appreciate it, guys. This was fun.
5: We love you. And
9: everybody, the sun came up this morning, always remember, if the sun comes up, there's hope. And the sky is Carolina blue, as David always says.
5: (laughs)
4: News Talk 1110-993-WBT. We call it Tetris on this show. You know, we move things around from time to time because of other things, and uh, we get it all done by 10 a.m. Yeah, and we so, do. So today we're a little later than we normally are at this, but the, the bottom line is we cross the streams twice a day on this radio station, and uh, wherever that happens, it just has to happen. Yeah. we got to tap into uh, all the world that is Brett Winterbull. Good later morning to you. Good later morning. It's uh, good
3: to be with you, ladies and gentlemen.
5: Now, we have... uh, uh, There are a lot of moving parts as we are... Heading into not only uh, the end of our show, but as we're heading into the primary in South Carolina, um, we obviously had this whole conversation yesterday about the fact that Nikki Haley is staying in the race. Governor Pat McCrory was on our show later in the in the day saying, like, look, she can't be on the no labels ticket uh, because of the uh, sore loser laws in a lot of states that would prevent her from ever obtaining the, the uh, 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 amount of votes or amount of electoral college um, delegates that she actually needs. So here's the big thing. Yesterday she showed up on, um, I think it was NBC, an NBC interview over this entire controversial uh, Supreme Court ruling out of the Supreme Court of Alabama over IVF. and mm-hmm. she sided with the uh, the Supreme Court of Alabama with her co- with her personal comments, but not necessarily her comments as a leader. does this Does this affect any thought, any voter that's in South Carolina who's looking at this primary for Saturday? Well, on the one
3: hand, Um, Yes. And on the other hand, no. Oh, wait, no. Hold on. It's the problem with that position that she stakes out is she's not taking a position to me. I I get it. It's like I personally am against this, but I want to legally make this happen. So I I think it does. It does speak to the position she's staked out and people will be able to decide if if their constituency is um, the uh, embryonic. Um, tissue, or the person, or however they want to define it, it, it will, it will, it will, it will impact them if that's their if that's their biggest driver. Let me uh, let me roll back for a
4: second here, uh, at something different with Nikki Haley because back to the original question about uh, you know. Could she run on a third-party ticket and what the governor said? So I thought it was interesting. Vivek Ramaswamy yesterday tweeted this. He said, Nikki didn't even try to collect any delegates in Nevada. Now she'll get zero from South Carolina, yet her anti-Trump mega-donor dollars are still flowing. The game is hiding in plain sight. They're hoping for Biden's lawfare to eliminate Trump and then backdoor Nikki, or else make a play for her on no labels to detract votes from Trump in the general. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting because, you know, Vivek is in the inner circle of Donald Trump right now, maybe yeah. a, a vice yep. presidential pick. So uh, despite, you know, I, the, Pat McCrory said what he said, and he said it, it would be he believes it would be a, a that would that scenario would be unlikely to happen. But at least this this sort of uh, gives a fuel to the fire that uh, maybe the idea is being floated behind the scenes or at least speculation about the possibility.
3: Yeah, look, he, th- that that could happen. He's he is right that like that could happen. But I think more likely than that, because if you consider who would be in the in the next running, it might be a different picture. So here's here's what I would float. I would float that she hasn't gotten any delegates. Mm-hmm. That much is true. Um, she would have maybe gotten delegates if she had decided she was going to play ball and, and and do what she was going to do. I think DeSantis would be probably in front of her. I think Tim Scott would maybe be in front of her. Um, And then a a, a TBD. Uh, I don't know who the TBD would be, but it's still very early. In this process, I mean, we've had this is the third primary that we've had, or caucus primary, whatever we want to call it. So this is very, very early still to to do this, and I I do agree with them on the lawfare thing. I I don't think Trump is going to get thrown in the clink because um, it's it's just it's not feeling like there's a whole bunch of dominoes that are falling at the same time. It feels to me like a death by a thousand pricks from from people like the state of New York and, and things like that. So. Could she be in the top three? Sure, she could be in the top three of, of consideration. But I, I think that DeSantis has been very smart. He got out of the way. He's been sitting over here, and in, and in case you know the quarterback uh, twists his knee, then he comes in and, and, and tries to clear clear the deal for him. So
5: the one case that I don't think is getting um, enough attention that I'm concerned about for the former president is this case in New York. Um, not a lot of people are talking about the the the, the case that's going along with the Stormy Daniels. Mm-hmm. Um hush money, alleged hush money issue, and mm-hmm. what that could mean for the former president because that trial is set to begin at the end of March right. and is expected to only go six weeks and could potentially end up in um, a jail sentence, but it's a state issue, not a federal issue, which would prevent right. him from a self pardon if he were elected. So th- this one is the weird um right. wild card case to me.
3: It's the Fannie Willis version of of the payment money and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, it's true. Um, I, I think probably what would happen is if you got into this case, if he got convicted on the Alvin Bragg case, um, my guess is he'd refuse. He'd refuse to go to jail. I think he would, and he would turn. You would. You would at that point. You would see. I think a popular movement arise in the country where people would be like. Oh, so Alvin Bragg in New York is going to put a guy who's picked up picked up votes over over a long period of time here uh, into jail? Wow! If you if you thought what happened on January sixth was interesting, I can imagine what New York City would look like with truckers refusing to deliver goods and food and services and. People going into the city to express their grave displeasure. Um, these guys have had months and a year and a half to bring these charges. I, I, I think, I, I think that's smoking a cigarette in a, in a, in a gunpowder uh, factory. I think that's a really scary possibility. But I
5: wonder if that, would, if, if that were to happen, if that would lead anybody else who's sentenced to, to jail to do the same thing. Would they do the same thing and say, you know what, I refuse to go. If the president refuses to go, I'm going to refuse, yeah. too. And then that would Maybe. be a terrible domino effect, right?
3: Well, look, yesterday, um, you know, you, you have people that commit crimes all the time and don't go to jail. Uh, Donald Trump could probably uh, uh, put an appeal in that says, "Listen, I'm not going to jail because I don't think I should be in jail." I mean, a lot of lot of people don't go to jail um, uh, for for the most part. But look, there's a lot of there's a lot of hope for the destruction of Donald Trump. There's there's a lot of constituencies that are out there looking for it. It may happen. And look, the reality is, everything that Donald Trump has has done with this brag thing and these other sorts of things, these are all affirmative decisions that he made in his own in his own accord. Um, you know, if you don't. I gotta really watch what I'm gonna say here because it's morning. If if you if you don't wanna if you if you don't wanna wake up with fleas, don't lie down with flea people. (laughs) people. Okay. You don't want bed bugs. Don't lie in a bed with bed bugs. (laughs) Exactly. I mean that's look. That's I mean. uh, You know it's. I have no fear of Alvin Bragg coming at me because I'm a faithful husband. Uh I'm somebody who I f I'm I'm basically a rule follower. And and I'm and I, and I and I have a morality uh, uh standard that I live by. And, and and don't send me don't send me tweets and emails saying that, oh Brett, look look at how great you are. I know how great I am. <laughs> but but the fact is <laughs> See this is where I jump through the microphone and just to hug you. This is look, you don't If you don't step out, then you didn't step out, and that's you know. What am I supposed to do? I can't even think like these people. I can't even think. These are all you know what these people are. These are party people. I'm not party people. I'm a I'm a a stable genius, and I'm and I'm. I just have
4: I just have two words for you. You want to know what those two words are?
3: (laughs) Why not? Good morning.
4: (laughs) Good morning.
3: <laughs> All right. We'll talk to
4: you. Hey, thank sec- you for having yeah, me. Yes. I appreciate this. We'll have uh, we'll have uh, the, the second half this <laughs> afternoon starting at 3 o'clock. News Talk 1110 WBT. Do you know about this? Breaking Brett Jensen and his first WBT Cigar Club meetup of 2024. Coming up on Thursday, February 29th. I know the joke there. 6 to 9 p.m. at oh, the wait. Vintage. What's the joke? Did I miss it? It happens every 4 years.
6: It's
5: on leap It's leap. on leap. Day. I know. I'm just oh, kidding. Okay, I'm kidding. It will happen every 4 years. I get it.
4: 6 to 9 at the Vintage Whiskey and Cigar Bar in Gastonia. Brett will host Breaking with Brett Jensen. You can browse premium cigar brands including Cohiba and enjoy giveaways and specials courtesy of the Vintage. So go hang out with Brett Jensen. I actually think this is the most perfect thing for Brett they've oh, ever come up with.
5: I, I this is this has made for Brett Jensen. I can't wait. I hope he has a like a little sifter of brandy as he sits there with his cigar. Is that allowed?
4: Well, we should we should test the waters. We Maybe should make it so. You know we're going to show up for
5: this. Oh. I, yeah. g-
4: I gotta go. I gotta go support my buddy. And I think this is. Do you is, smoke cigars? Uh, I don't, but I might for Brett. Uh, it's the WBT Cigar Club, Thursday, February 29th. I have before. I'm just not not like him. Like, he fires one up whenever the mood hits. Oktoberfest
7: Would it be yeah. weird
5: if I did? Do women smoke cigars? Is that a thing? I don't know. I, oh, they do. Okay.
7: I have rarely... Tommy says they do. Tommy says yes. I mean, I'm sure, yeah.
5: Are they called cigarellos? Are they smaller or something? Wait,
4: you're burying the lead. <laughs> Tommy knows women who smoke cigars. <laughs> I don't know women who smoke <laughs> They <laughs> can.
7: Physically, <laughs> they can. It's not. They it's are allowed. It's not frowned
4: upon. <laughs> right. Uh, seating is limited, so lock in your reservation today. Email cigar at WBT.com for reservations. I was talking to him. He we was walking out to the car as I was leaving, and uh, he was telling me how this whole thing started. And, um, you know, they used to do—Cigar uh, Dave used to have a show here on BT back in the day. Uh, Cigar Dave, and I think Cigar Dave still has a show in syndication uh, across the country, but there was a show called Smoke This— that was the name of it back in the nineties, and it sounds it's, like
5: something Snoop Dogg would have, <laughs> like a show Snoop Dogg would have. I,
4: I remember I was working here um, as a producer, and I remember the program director said, "Yeah, Bo, we have a new show on Saturday nights. It's called Smoke This." And was I, it
5: about like smoking meat or like smoking cigars? Well,
4: it's all based in cigars, but it's sort of this is this guy, and I've met him. I met him. Uh, uh, I actually never met him in person, but I talked to him over the satellite one time because he was doing uh, he was doing uh, lines for our Christmas show, and his name was Dave Zepowitz, oh. and is, and he he's become Cigar Dave, and he goes all over the place and does these events. But anyway, you know this is I think of our local guy kind of like that's how Brett thats that's the Brett Jensen mold like this is the perfect thing for him. But anyway, the story was <laughs> I had Cigar Dave on, and I was asking all of our. Personalities and and network hosts, you know, things about Christmas. And he goes, Well, Bo, I'm Jewish. And he said, What I want for Hanukkah this year is a new jet. But I don't believe I'm going to get one, so I'll just have to keep wishing. Okay. (laughs) So that's what I always think of when I think of Cigar Dave. Okay. What I want for Hanukkah this year is a new jet.
5: A jet. You know, that's what we all. I don't want a jet. I'd rather just. But when I told you. Fold in a wagon. (laughs)
4: When I told you there was a guy named Cigar Dave, doesn't that sound like something he would say?
5: Well, for, absolutely. For it home? also sounds like something Brett Jensen would say. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, I would like a jet to go with my brandy and my cigar. So, Bo, at
4: this event at uh, the Vintage Whiskey and Cigar Bar in Gastonia, I'll be arriving on my jet. I just have to, I have to buy one first.
5: I will arrive. I just don't know. I don't know. I don't. In a I, wagon. I could hold, you could pull me in a wagon and I'll hold a cigar. I'll just hold it. I don't think that's, I don't know. I don't know that I want to smoke a cigar, but maybe. Maybe maybe it's a whole thing that I just haven't, a a taste I haven't acquired. It's very classy. Is it classy? Sure. All right.
4: It's something. (laughs) Um, I I think you should arrive in a Wagon Queen family truckster. That is totally my speed. So listen to this. Tomorrow on the show, we're doing a lot. we got Hancock as usual, big Friday edition, and we have a special announcement on the show tomorrow about uh, you and me. Yeah. I'm excited to tell you this. It's uh, it's gonna be fun.
5: We never sleep.
4: We, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna have less sleep.
5: We're less sleep now.
4: Coming up, Vince Coakley. Don't forget Pete Callender show. Brett Winterbull, and of course the aforementioned Brett Jensen, who is hosting his first ever cigar event on February 29th. Did we? Did we cover everything?
5: I think we got it all.
4: Or at least for our, at least for Thursday we did. At least
5: for Thursday. Now we just have to get it ready for Friday. Y'all have a great day. Back tomorrow on WBT.